Welcome to Film Roast. Hey guys, I'm Julia. And I'm Hannah. And we're the co-hosts of Film Roast. Where two over-caffeinated and underqualified friends talk about movies. That's right. So, if you're into film factoids, semi-terrible celebrity impressions, and keeping up on movies both new and old, then check us out. You can follow Film Roast on Instagram and Twitter at Film Roast Show or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Film Roast. Cheers and happy roasting! Um, hi, I'm April. And I'm Steph. And you're listening to The Thirst. Um, you can find us online. We're on Twitter at The Thirst, soundcloud.com forward slash The Thirst Pod. iTunes, you can search for us, The Thirst. Instagram, we're at The Thirst Pod. If you want to email us your facts, facts, feelings, emotions. Facts, feelings. Um, you can do it to The Thirst Pod at gmail.com. Critical perspectives. Um, you also have a Tumblr, thethirstpod.tumblr.com, where you'll find lots of links um, to uh articles and other things we sort of mention throughout but the no tumblr episode porn. no tumblr prawn um thanks to everyone who's downloaded the um first episodes i said first episodes because i'd written here first five episodes first five old five show episodes. notes old show notes um t- thanks for telling your friends subscribing giving us some feedback um if you want to leave us some reviews on itunes you can do that would be a nice thing That'd be very very nice um, of you that gets us into people's just want to get in the charts, man. Um, this is episode 17. 17, Dancing Queen. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I did some research. Do you want to hear my other ones? Go ahead. Uh, East 17. Sure. Uh, and <laughs> I thought about, I was trying to think of songs. 17 Forever by Metro Station. That's funny because I was Googling Trace Cyrus earlier. So. There you go. It all comes around. What a band. Who thought we'd mention Metro Station? We'll have two links. Have in one two episode. references to Metro Station in this podcast. Who thought in, we'd have one? In 2018. Um, mine is 17 again, the amazing film starring Zach Efron. 17 again. Great film. There's also that AFI song. Oh, there is that AFI which song. Which is like, meh. It's fine. Silence. 17. I was gonna. <laughs> I was like 17 seconds, but it's 21 seconds, so we've got a while to wait. We'll here. save that one. Yeah. Um. So, uh, at the beginning of episode 17, we're gonna do some news. Um. Our first piece of news that was actually announced really shortly after we recorded the last podcast, which was about Magic Mike, in so which we seemed... talked about Magic Mike. So I feel like this was kind of. Was it our fault? I think we did this, which is what I'm really stressed about. We did this. Um. Channing Tatum and Gemma Duan Duan. Jenna Doohan. 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 Jenna Doohan split up after nine years, almost nine years of marriage. I know. I've, have you seen the film Step Up? I have, yes. Yeah. Yes. They came together on Step Up, right? It's like a true love story. It is. That. So they met on Step Up. They came together. They've been married for nearly nine years. They've got a little kid. And after we were talking about how much we fancy Channing Tatum, we appear to have split them up. So, um... To be fair, I felt quite sad about this. Oh, yeah, because they were so good. They're so good. Like, Step Up is a banger of a film. Yeah. And then they did that thing in 2016, they did the lip-sync battle. The lip-sync battle they is just a highlight like a nice, of their like a nice couple. So nice. Happy, Very not. grounded. Um, not that grounded. Very keen. No, not that grounded. We were very keen on them. Yeah. Um, the couple posted a joint statement to their respective Instagram pages. They said, 
We have lovingly chosen to separate as a couple. We fell deeply in love so many years ago and have had a magical journey together. Absolutely nothing has changed about how we love one another, apart from the obvious. But love is a beautiful adventure that is taking us on different paths for now. Love a good couple press release. Um, they also said that there are no secrets nor salacious events. So I just really the enjoyed the use of salacious. In salacious. Um, there has, of course, been loads of rumours. Um, some of my favourites are obviously bitter fights, jealousy, uh, Channing Tatum cheating. These have all been completely dispelled by his like reps and things well, like that. Well, the thing was, like, the rumour mill had been churning somewhat. I mean, yeah. there was a thing in February, Jenna had appeared on the front cover of um, Health magazine. Oh, yeah. And in the interview, she'd stated that, that um, her marriage wasn't perfect and that she and Channing had days where they didn't like each other very much. Um, she offered, like, she had this weird definition of marriage, which she said, I don't think that there should be any expectation any sort of you're bonded to me for the rest of your life thick and thin i think that's an older generational thought so a lot of people have been potentially reading into this as her basically kind of flagging the fact that this something was announcement was imminent so i mean i think it's a fair it's a fair point of view to have i do feel like it i mean um, at the beginning of that statement they did say that it was slightly odd that they were even having to kind of issue it on a Love social platform. It must be really friends. strange that they can't just get on with it. Mm-hmm. My favourite rumour was that uh, Angelina Jolie has uh, her eye on Channing Tatum. <laughs> Can you imagine if they dated? That would be to. horrendous. Can you imagine going from Brad Pitt to Channing Tatum? It's a step up at this point. Oh, step up. Oh, oh. Step up. Um, but no, that would. Yeah, I'm okay. older Brad Pitt. I don't know. This is a this is something for another this is podcast. Interesting. You you're more oh, older Brad Pitt than Channing Tatum. I just Channing Tatum's so lovely. Channing Tatum's probably a nicer person yeah. than Brad Pitt is at this point, isn't he? So, yeah. um, what would they talk about? Who Angelina Jolie and Channing doesn't strike me as being particularly just... intelligent. <laughs> Angelina Jolie just wants to talk about like world peace. Yeah, and, and I feel like, like Channing would be like countries. Channing's like, watch me dance. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I imagine. Ange. Yeah. What should we dance? Angie. 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 She'd be thinking about going to like a UN meeting and he's like... Oh. I'll be a backup dancer. Yeah. I'll be a hype man. <laughs> it could work really well. Oh, God. It would be... Yeah, it'd be... No, it's not something I can imagine. Um, there's also been some stuff uh, since then um, with people, quote-unquote, divorce-shaming Jenna. Um, what does that even mean? Honestly, that's not a thing. Divorce-shaming is not a thing. But um, people posting on her social media account because she recently posted a picture of herself in, like, lingerie or holding a cup of coffee. Um, <laughs> and people took issue with it and were like, oh, my God, you know, newly divorced and she's already putting it out there, sort of thing. Divorce-shaming isn't a thing. They've probably just, been separated for, like, six months. They're, they're just pretty, having yeah, to tell everyone now. Each other. Um, if I looked like her, I'd be in my Good underwear all God, the time as well. Good God, alone. Um... But yeah, generally, I th- we're pretty sad about this. I feel sad. I quite liked them as a couple. Me too. They just seem really normal. They seem normy and happy. Chan. And, uh, Chan and Jen. Chan and Jen. Um, Chan. Do you reckon she called him Chan? What would you shorten it to, if not Tate? Tatum. Chan. Chan, Chan, man. Changing. As it auto-corrects every time I put Chan and Tatum. <laughs> Changing. Changing Tatum. I don't know what I would... I don't think I'd be able to call him Chan. Chan. Yo, Chan. I don't think I'd be happy calling him that. Tum. Tum. Tatum. Channing. Oh, no, that is his name. <laughs> uh, oh. I don't know what. I don't Tate. think I'd be okay with calling CT. him. CT. CT. scan. Cat scan. CT scan. I don't think he has. Mr. C. I don't think he has a... 
I don't. Yo, Mike. I don't think he has. I think I'd call him Michael yeah. the time by accident. Magic Mike. I would confuse real life from. I would because I just <laughs> assume that is him in real life. So. I think that's the problem, isn't yeah. it? In my brain, he is just Mike from Magic Mike. He so. is. Anyway, that's so's, why we love him. So challenge. Sorry about that. R.I.P. Channing Tatum on the market though. So yeah, I love that you're you're up front <laughs> with your affections there. Very upfront. Um, another thing that ha- happened this weekend and also last weekend, um, which I still don't, I just don't understand the format of this, but carry on. So Coachella happened. We um, talked about Coachella last year. We did, we did. Um, the headliners this year were the weekend Beyonce, Eminem, um, but there were also a whole other bunch of people, obviously, including uh, Scissor, St. Vincent, Bleachers, Haim, Haim. I'm never going to get that right. Haim, Haim. Um, Tyler the Creator, Haim. Migos, Cardi B, Miguel, Claire, Vince, Staples, Jamiroquai. I enjoyed oh, rando. that. Do you I find it weird how Jamiroquai is like a thing in America? Does he still, still wear a hat? Yeah. I saw a picture of him from is he still Coachella. A in America? Fuck no. They realise it's like a wow. bit of a cringy thing here. Yeah, no, I can. I only when, you, when I think of Jamiroquai, I think of my mum. My mum was like big into Jamiroquai. <laughs> yeah, that's not like a. Yeah, it's not like a. Which is not that it's not cool, but it's thing. like. Do young well, people cool, listen to Jamiroquai? I didn't. I didn't know he was still releasing. Got some music. good songs. I like the song he did for the for um. What's the one where he's in the cinema in the video and he's like stepping over the seats? Oh, the song from Godzilla. Yeah, that's great. Song. That's a great song. Yeah, let's I'm... add that to the non-existent Spotify playlist. We'll do one. We I think I bought that on cassette tape. Oh my god, that's a great song. Actually, that's a great song. Um. Anyway, yes. Sorry, Jamiroquai. Um. But obviously, the only person that anyone cared about was Beyonce. Uh, Beyonce. Um. I, you, you've you watched some of that performance. I haven't been able to find a stream for it. All I've seen is like people's videos from Twitter. Is, because that, I was, um, is that a stream I watched the other day still working? No, it uh, went down. I know. That, that entire website it. is gone. Has it? Yeah, man. Oh, okay. There was a Coachella Live website, which meant you could watch the stream of Beyonce's first performance live. Um, I watched half of it because I was like, cool, I'm going to sit down and watch this. Forgetting how long actually, like an hour and it's an actual, is. It's an actual set. Um, so I managed 45 minutes before I had to go and cook my dinner. I was dinner. super bummed. I was a, um, I was away for the... It was well, no, really it was like high quality back. stream as well. I just so didn't I, like... I just didn't watch it last weekend and assumed that um, I'd be able to locate it somewhere and then didn't right? get a chance this week. And then the her performance last night, so we're recording this on the 22nd, and her performance from Saturday the 21st wasn't being streamed. No, I saw that. Um, and she's gone from yellow to pink. Yellow to pink, yeah. So... Um, I mean, obviously, sort of, it's been heavily written about this week. God, that, it's everywhere, um, isn't it? The performance itself, because she was the first um, African American woman to headline Coachella ever. So that in itself is pretty momentous. And her performance itself had a lot of overt references to um, black culture and black politics in particular. Um, so. Historic black college culture. There was a marching band and drum mm-hmm. majors. Um, she sang the black national anthem, Lift Every Voice and Sing. Um, Lots of kind of the visuals of the performance as so she came out kind of dressed as a Nubian queen yep. um, and then she sort of descended um, into sort of wearing a sweatshirt of a fictional sorority known as um, Beta Del Kappa um, and then the letters themselves obviously sort of being Beyonce the King. Yeah. Um, her, her sorority logo had a shield which consisted of a picture of a Nubian queen, a black power fist, a black panther. I didn't and even know A bumblebee. That. That's yeah, very I was looking cool. at pictures from it to do it down. It's just like really cool. Um, so um, as well as kind of elements of the performance, so she had, um, she brought out and did like a dance off with Solange, her sister. And then yeah. there was also, of course, the Destiny's Child reunion. Um, what Very I did good. find was quite interesting. So a lot of the stuff I've read this week about her first performance mm. was obviously, like I said, talking about kind of how 
very overtly um, the performance itself referenced black culture and and her mum Tina Tina Knowles now Lawson um, had Instagram that she'd been concerned about her daughter's performance so um, oh did she yeah so she posted um a picture on Instagram and, and the caption was I told Beyonce that I was afraid that the predominantly white audience at Coachella would be confused by all of the black culture and black college culture because it was something that they might not get yeah. her brave response to me made me feel a bit selfish and ashamed she said I have worked very hard to get to the point where I have a true voice and at this point in my life and my career I have a responsibility to do what's best for the world and not what is most popular she said that her hope is that after the show young people would research this culture and see how cool it is and young black people black um, young people black and white sorry would listen to lift every voice and sing and see how amazing the words are for us all and bridge the gap she also hopes that it will encourage young kids to enroll in our amazingly historically black colleges and universities i stand corrected um and then also oh. one of the things that beyonce had done at the performance which i didn't realize as well is that she'd announced that she was um giving like i think it was three or four colleges um a hundred thousand dollars of scholarship oh, wow. money um which was pretty amazing i mean it I find Coachella to be this like very odd festival it's the oddest experience. Thing. I mean, we always discuss this like because it year, runs how two it two concurrent weekends with yeah. exactly the same lineup, um, which is odd. Like in the context of this, I just find it bizarre that she did this set. Everyone's like, "Holy shit!" It's like blown everything out of the water. It's like such a historic performance. Mm. And then she comes back the next week to like almost I just do think, it again, yeah. even though it's different. And you know, they shook things up a bit. It's like. I don't know. It's just a bit weird. It's I like, think. She, oh, I okay. think. I mean, because she was supposed to headline last year, but didn't because mm. of her pregnancy with the twins, and she was advised by the doctors not to not to do it. Um, I just think it's t- testament to just her, just her power and how important she is as mm. a performer, and, and you know, the fact that that's when whenever when I realised that last weekend was Coachella, all I saw it was just Beyonce, Beyonce, Beyonce. Yeah, Beyonce. Like you'd be. Yeah. I think you know, which is exactly what you'd expect really when she's totally eclipses everything else yeah, doesn't yeah. it and like the the size and the complexity of the entire performance like it didn't stop for like an hour 40 and there were like 200 like dancers and musicians and performers involved and i have no idea how you even begin to choreograph and practice and learn something it's that bananas, complex. Isn't like it? for me that would probably take about 10 years yeah. i just cannot imagine like manage it i just can't I no, no I think it just shows. I just think it shows like the vision and and the the fact that she's just a machine, man. It like, in in the best possible bananas. way that she oh, just yeah. like wants to go out and execute something to such a high degree because she knows she's the best and she knows that she's worked to get to this point mm. where she has a platform where people will listen to her mm. and people will watch her and kind of pay attention. And, Definitely, you know, she's one of if not the most important performers regardless of gender you know definitely so she's she's obviously the most important female performer but she's just across the board i mean just and we having seen her live before um you know it's in it's such an experience it is, and it's yeah. like she keeps getting better as yeah. well you i think mean about- now her performance now i was like that wasn't anything like the performance we saw which was great exactly but like this yeah, is yeah. like she can super she consistently seems to level up like year upon year and for someone that is like getting older yeah. You wouldn't necessarily anticipate you'd, that like, you'd expect she's, it to be the other way. Yeah, she's gonna she's like in her mid thirties and she's still, you know, like yeah. on the up and up and that's yeah. just that's just incredible to she's see. A so, um, hats off. Yeah, man. Hats off um other elements of Coachella. I just feel like it's what did you you described it as being like the Twilight Zone. It's a total weird um it's just fucking mad, isn't Does it? Does everyone just go crazy? Bit, yeah, but we like I'm stuck I found in a desert. Weird. Like we were at 
the when I said that we were talking about Justin Bieber because oh like uh, earlier on into the weekend um Justin Bieber was seen basically pulling like a Matthew McConaughey outside in the crowd so he'd sort of grown his long blonde hair back and had like a bandana thing on and was just sort of like floating around dancing really weirdly like in the middle of the crowds just looking it's not even that he looks off his face he just looks like he's in some sort of trance did you know that he did some performances with like some um Christian like <laughs> So he's gotten. Re- I didn't realize he's this. He's bananas. And this, I. This is you know that if that's his, that's what he wants to be involved in. Then fine. But he'd gotten really. He's gotten really involved with Hillsong, which is that right. yeah. Christian church, very like all rooted in singing and stuff, which is obviously fun. But I didn't. He was doing like performances at Coachella with oh. like like. I, don't know. I don't know if they were like church. Churchy sessions people. or something like that but when i was googling earlier just like things that happened at coachella that was a thing so i mean fair enough which is really odd because at the same time there are all these rumors obviously from an inside source aka the internet obviously. that i have um that he was like having girl after girl back to yeah that's what i mean it's such a conflict like, isn't it it's it's fucking mad but he's utterly bananas i just want justin um, to be okay sort of really i know he i mean he's so not okay there was a load of stuff about him um he uh he upset Kendall Jenner, so there's been loads of pictures of them hanging out, and they were hanging out a lot of Coachella. So everyone was like, "Oh, that's obviously a thing." And then at some point, um, he started treating her like, apparently started treating her like a hanger-on, and started just basically like went from being really attentive to her to just like blanking her, hanging around with loads of girls, and she just imagine got really being upset in a left. position where you could treat Kendall Jenner like that. Insane. It's just I don't know. It just kind of sums up Coachella and this weird fucking vibe that the whole thing i just i you couldn't pay me to go even though the the acts are amazing it's just full of the weirdest people i just don't think i'd want to be stuck in a desert for four oh for three my god or four a days. desert full of these people who are probably like businessmen mo- most of the time it's weird and then they just it? put on some like weird culturally appropriate I think I would have been. Going to I think the desert. It's fucking weird. every year when the lineup gets announced, because they do have a tendency to get people that are pretty like either rare festival acts yeah. or people will reform to play. And stuff. The lineup and then, is. There's always big. been every year. There's always someone where I'm like, oh fuck's sake, like, I'd really like everyone, to go. like every celebrity goes. Yeah. Right? But I mean, and I totally would have gone for Beyonce this year if it was one of those things that was in yeah. any way achievable. But I feel like it definitely would have just been like, can I go yeah, in and out for just that? So intolerable. Um. A couple of other things um, from Coachella. The photo. The photo involving Oh my Shania god, I've forgotten about that. Nicki Minaj, The Weeknd. This is the second Timothy Shania... Chalamet? This is the second Shania Twain reference I've experienced this week. What so. was the other one? She was on RuPaul's Drag Race this week. Uh, was she? <laughs> it was so weird. You should have topped like... it off by watching that Broad City episode. Oh in. my god, yeah. She's at the gym. Amazing. <clears throat> um, that photo was so... That's one of those things where you're like, I don't know how those people were. I didn't even notice together. him at first. Oh no, because he's like... just in the background, like this little head. Hi. He's so adorable. Bless him. They probably didn't even know he was there. Hi's a kite. He's so he's so cute. He's so cute. Clearly, hi's a kite. Um, yeah. Were there any other Coachella bits you wanted to talk about? No, I'm just so baffled by it. It's weird, isn't it? The only thing that I did enjoy was that I um I follow Busy Phillips on Instagram. Mm. She's one of my favorite Instagram follows because she's exceptionally good at Instagram and um she was she went this weekend and she was like posting loads of stuff and that's pretty cool because she's just she's always posting stories that are pretty funny you want to see the inside yeah that's what was quite cool but apart from that i just 
don't understand it got so, so annoyed at Coachella fashion oh I, I mean that's it. such a big element of it that yeah. I just can't stand it the Coachella fashion thing is awful um I do think Instagram has a lot to to, to blame for that really but what Coachella generally or Coachella no fashion? just yeah. Coachella fashion I think the 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 like the rise of social media especially Instagram do you remember when we used to go to festivals and literally wouldn't shower for like four days and would be wearing like wellies and shorts and just would look fucking disgusting yeah well maybe that's just me no but... the thing that i've always found interesting as well is that that i've i've only ever camped at a festival once mm-hmm. and i fucking hated it the entire oh yeah it's disgusting it and then on the other occasions where i have been for like a weekend i've stayed in hotels in hotels or stayed at someone's house and yeah. yet i still turn up despite the fact i've had like decent night's sleep and access to a shower minimal I still, effort i still come right? up looking like to turn up looking like absolute trash so you're gonna be outside all day what is the fucking it's point not a nice experience i guess that's the difference between going to a, a festival in a, a warmer climate I, I think I'd make less effort because I'd be like, well, everything's going to melt off. So what's the point? I'm just going to have to be standing next to the people that haven't washed for three days. Oh my so God, I, and everyone's off their faces. Like, they're not going to remember me. Um, the only other thing I was going to mention is this whole discussion um, around the Team Vogue article by Vera Papisova um, on the number of times she was groped at Coachella. Oh, yeah. I haven't read that yet, but yeah. I've seen it mentioned so many times. And I think I'd opened it on my phone and one of my many safari tabs and then subsequently have not read it all week because i was like i need to prepare myself to read this i mean it's it's pretty much is like the least surprising thing you've ever read basically like as a woman who's been to festival you will not be surprised at all um sort of in a nutshell she says that she was at coachella for three days she only spent 10 hours actually in the festival across those three days because she was working the rest of the time um in that time she was groped 22 times of the 54 women she interviewed about their Coachella experience, every single one said they were sexually assaulted during the festival on those three days. Um, and she said that uh, a recent survey found that more than 90% of female concert goers are uh, harassed at a music event. And there was even, uh, she alluded to a photo of a man in 2015 at Coachella who's wearing a t-shirt that said, eat, sleep, rape, repeat. Oh, so God. that just summarises it entirely. So... I yeah, mean, I'm not really. It kind of goes without saying that that's a thing, but it. I don't know for for guys especially who may not have experienced that. That is such a widespread thing it for is women. Sort of a weird. It is sort of a weird, like, thing that. Oh, not thing. Like part of like festival culture. And I think the problem is you get so many people in a contained space that they think they can just they just think do whatever they yeah. like. Mm. And a lot of the girls she was interviewing were like fifteen or sixteen. Mm, that's the problem, isn't it? Which was like, oh, this man grabbed my boob or like grabbed my ass cheeks. It's like she's like fifteen. Yeah, that's she's so a gross. child. That's mm. so vile. Anyway, that is the major major downside to something like Coachella. Um, I just wanted to do a quick Harry Styles update. Yeah. Harry Styles is on tour at the moment. Oh, my God. No. But we well, can't talk about that. No, we'll skim over that really quickly. But he is on his uh, world tour. He's finished his European leg. Uh, leg. Uh, he finished in Dublin on the 16th of April. And he's now moving on to Australia, Asia and Central and South America. Is Von seeing him in Australia? Yes, she is. Of course she is. Course she, she got is. some, uh, quote unquote, nosebleed seats, which are the ones that are really high up her arena tour um i just wanted to mention that on my birthday harry was playing in scotland um and he wore a kilt i feel like this was actually for your birthday just the best birthday gift one could ever receive is harry and his band dressed in tartan in a kilt it was the life mitch included mitch included thank you with white socks thank you um 
Claire and Sarah were wearing like Didn't red they just look They delightful? looked adorable with their little. Oh. oh my god, with their berets. Too much. Um, can I quickly allude to um, Harry's outfit countdown that Von listed oh, yeah, on Twitter? Oh yeah, can you? Because this made me really um, happy. Which just recaps his outfits so far. Top five. Five was wine mum maroon. Good show. Yeah, love that. Number four was gender swap Elsa. Which I like that. I'd forgotten what this was, and like, then when Von sent me the picture, I was like, "Of course." It's the blue Elsa. shimmery suit. Yeah, it is, yeah. Um, gender swap Elsa. Gender so Elsa. good. Great. The names for these are spot on. Uh, three sparkly matador. Definitely. Two, another personal favourite, Fancy Pirate. Fancy Pirate. Uh, Fancy Pirate was kilt. Kilt is probably the best one. Fancy Pirate was just like campy, good fun. I just think the kilt was so. (sighs) It was beautiful. Showed off his knees. It was. It was bit of leg. Love that. Oh, just I just love a Harry Styles outfit. He is the best dressed sort of young man I've ever come across. Would look good in a bin bag. He would, but. Instead, he wears like Gucci, Gucci bin bags. Gucci bin bags. I also just wanted to mention that it's our one year anniversary. Happy anniversary! Happy anniversary! Did Happy you get me a present? Anniversary. Um, my gift to you is my company <laughs> continuing to do episodes with yes. me. Thanks so Wanting much. Wanting to carry on after um, we invested in this microphone. <laughs> Yeah, it's probably paid for itself by Yeah, now. it's definitely we'll paid for itself. Can um, you believe? Yeah, so a whole year of um, podcast joy for us and you. Yeah, it's been great. Thanks, April. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much. Um, the end. The Bye. End. Bye. This is See it. you next month. See you next month. Um, so what we're um, currently enjoying, um, we've got quite a few things, but not, yeah. we're not going to get deep dive into a lot of them. I'll also preface this by saying that we'll probably will do some spoilers for some of it. So Spoilerific. Um, if you don't want to have these things ruined for Turn you off. then jump forward um so the first thing that we saw both this week um on separate occasions um we both saw love simon we did finally we finally been, i feel like we've been waiting forever to see this because it came out everywhere else earlier yeah so it's based on the book simon versus the homo sapiens agenda by um becky albertalli um it's directed by greg brillanti who's um, best known for his work on dawson's creek everwood did you ever watch everwood i did tom and i wasn't talk- chris Pratt. Pratt in that. Yeah. yeah. I loved Chris Pratt in Everwood. Tom I think it's I, the first time I ever fancied him. Tom and I talk about Everwood um, all the Everwood time. Everwood is great. Um, Greg Berlanti also worked on The Flash and he's one of the producers on Riverdale. Riverdale. I didn't realise that. It makes so much sense. In retrospect, you know, you're like, like oh, oh. Yeah, I see sure. the connections there. Um, so Love, Simon stars Nick Robinson as Simon um, with support from Jennifer Garner and Josh Duhamel as his parents and then Alexandra Ship, George um, Leidenborg junior and Catherine langford as his friends uh, leah abby and nick um jack antonoff served as musical supervisor well wasn't that lovely just a gift from above yeah. um so the premise of the film is that simon spear is a high school senior with a big secret and um, he's gay um after discovering via a school gossip message board um that another classmate blue is struggling with the same hidden feelings they strike up an email relationship which is then threatened when another schoolmate martin finds out and blackmails simon um, to sort of reveal his secret to everyone. What did you think? I really enjoyed it. I loved it so I mean, much. I had... I, I thought I would. I, th- I, knew, I knew I was I going to enjoy Based it. on everyone else's reactions across the world, it was like, how are we not going to love this? Absolutely. Um, but it was just... It's kind of rare. I think it, recently it feels like it's been quite rare for us to go into a cinema and see something that hasn't just completely destroyed me emotionally oh, in gosh. a way that is quite like I'm left feeling empty or heartbroken. Right. So it was so nice to come out of this and just feel like my heart was very full. I was very joyful that I wanted to just bask in the sun and listen to bleachers and yes. potentially go on a Ferris wheel. Isn't it? It just, oh, it was so lovely. Like, 
I just think the the way that everything is handled in it is mm-hmm. is just. I mean, I think one of the things that's been written about quite a lot with regards to the film is just the importance of actually having a, a mainstream team movie mm-hmm. which fe- features a gay protagonist. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, we've we've sort of talked about a lot of kind of queer based cinema that we've seen recently. But it's but always like art house independent. Absolutely, cinema, and right? this is like a mainstream teen film for the you know pre summer mm. kind of. And um, it's very. Period. It was. I was. It's, it is very kind of Hollywood polished. In it has that like polished yeah, yeah. Hollywood teen movie feel. So when when it started, I was like, oh okay, you can completely see like the cliche setups of like yeah. we're in high school. Simon's parents are like. The, the dream teen like quarterback in like a nice cheerleader house. parents got, yeah yeah like, they're very middle class like he's yeah. got his best friends at school and they're like this nice little clique you can see all the kind of social circles yeah yeah, yeah. Um, it's all you know it's completely what you'd expect of a kind of coming of age high school rom-com um, but yeah it has got this element to it or you know the lead character is gay and it is dealt with in a way that is you know well we had like you say we haven't seen at all in cinema so it was really nice to see because we have so many of those Hollywood films that are churned out all the time, mm. um, it was nice to see it kind of normalised. And... It's the importance of representation, yeah, of course. Isn't it? It's the importance of rep- representation yeah. um, for people from those communities. I mean, um, one of the things I do think was very interesting is that in that kind of social media age where mm. um, teenagers in particular, so much of their lives are online are now focused around online i felt it felt like a really prescient issue with what would happen with you know him simon in particular having that secret yes you know being revealed and one of the things that really mortifying one of the things that really got me is when he has the conversation with martin in the car park and martin comes to apologize to him for sort of revealing a secret online and he and simon gets really upset with him and says that he had his kind of coming out that's taking his, away yeah, from him yeah, like, that's his, his thing and i just felt his like personal coming out that really got me because mm-hmm. i imagine that that's you know completely true of so many people that haven't been able to do things on their terms yeah um i feel like high well you know a english version of high school high school was hard enough for us when we were younger in terms of rumors and you know yeah all these different things that you're dealing with and we didn't even have like barely had the internet to contend with like we didn't even have facebook at that point like so all of these young kids now having to deal with that element as well and the extra risks that come with it is just like it's the like the rapidity of it the fact that it's almost instant you know the fact that there's the when you lose all control when the when the secret is revealed and leah immediately like facetimes simon and said like have you checked whatever message board was it's mm-hmm. that kind of like that you can't get away from it and i just yeah i just i really I, I had a feeling that i was going to enjoy it yes. but i didn't think that i would enjoy it as much as i did and i feel like there's it's really important it's yeah. a very important film for um for teenagers and, and and adults as well yeah absolutely um other aspects of the film i really liked i really liked his friendship group they were all very well developed characters yeah they were weren't they? the story obviously centers on simon but you get you know, you're shown that each of these friends has something that they're trying to deal with as yeah. well that is very different to his experience, but they all felt very developed and well-rounded and yeah. I was really keen on them all. They were a really nice group of friends, weren't they? And I think you understood their motives and their kind of emotional Absolutely. trajectories as well. I found Martin really... I, I just couldn't deal with Martin as a character, as in what he does is so horrible, actually. 
I, f- I think what I found really interesting about that is that he ha- he kind of can't get his head around the fact that because it's a big it's, deal. It's tit for tat, isn't yeah. it? It's the fact that he had this crappy experience where he was sort of like publicly shamed at the um the kind of the homecoming yeah, for yeah. the football game. Um, so he then has this piece of, piece of information mm. which he then decides to use, and he says that mm. to Simon. He says, "I just wanted to get the heat, you know, get yeah. the heat taken off me." And it's just like it's not, it's not, it's not an eye for an no, eye. It's no, not. and like the whole reason he got himself into that situation is because he wanted to blackmail someone so that he could force a girl into liking I know, him. It's like horrible. what a horrible motivation! That's not a motivation, and that's no, not it's nasty. A justify like that's that is not something I feel like you can hold a pity party over. Like, no, not at all. Oh, I can't forcibly make this girl like me without. <laughs> making any effort whatsoever um, um, I did really blah. like I did really like the speech that um, Jennifer Garner gives that's the bit that brought me to tears oh straight away I was in bits the yeah. bit about you know you can finally excel oh god you can finally excel which that funnily enough is me. very similar to the speech in Call Me By Your Name yep. very much which so. also similarly destroys me um, um, I also really liked the fact like little things like Simon has an Elliot Smith poster in his Oh my god! Do you know what? I, I noticed the, some of these details, and I, I was think like, April's going to lose a shit. I think I've I haven't read the book yet, and I'm going to read it now. Mm-hmm. But I think I have a feeling that in the book, there's a lot more references to like Elliot Smith. Culture so. um, I also enjoyed the fact that the reason that Simon realizes that actually he might prefer boys over girls is that because um, he fancies Daniel Radcliffe, he fancies Daniel Radcliffe and also is obsessed with Panic at the Disco and Brendan Urie. Oh my god! <laughs> Lost my shit about the Brendan Urie bit. Because <laughs> I, like, I went with Tom, yeah. and oh god, Tom was looking at me like, uh huh, yeah. Brandon yeah, Uri. that's the thing. We have spent YouTube videos of Brendan. We have spent this week um, listening to a lot of Bleachers and also Panic at the Disco. Have you? That's <laughs> yeah. wonderful. Daniel Radcliffe is not like a dawning realization for me, though. No, I just do but... not see the sex appeal with Daniel Radcliffe at all. No, but maybe if you were like a nine-year-old boy that's coming to terms oh, yeah. with his burgeoning sexuality, just Daniel Radcliffe baffles me. That's fine. He's like married, or no, he was rumored to be married. Daniel Radcliffe has girlfriends. <laughs> I just can't believe it. I'm sure he's a nice person. Mm. Anyway, um, it's a great film. It um, was lovely. I would I would happily see it again. Really. Oh, also, I realised I really fancy Josh Duhamel. So. Oh, yeah. Absolutely fine. Like, I've never understood it until this film. Mm. So, Another nice bit of kind of just trivia before we move on was the which kind of is testament to how important this film is, was the whole uh, sort of backstory afterwards around... Um, Bram, who was played by Keenan Lonsdale, um, who actually came out after, well, during the rap party after this film was made. So um, he was kind of actually, you know, battling with this um, quietly by himself um, whilst filming this film and kind of, well, hopefully, you know, partly as a result of this film and the people he was around when he was making this film. Um, he came out to the cast at the end, I'd and also, now he's kind of like gay icon, and he's so adorable. You know, he's so praised, and, yeah, it's delightful. Um, I also read as well on, along those lines is that um, Nick Robinson's younger brother, I think it was his younger brother, um, came out to him oh. as well, like during the filming of the of the production, which I thought was That's really amazing. nice as well. So it shows that it has an impact just for the actual cast and crew mm. as well as the people that are actually going to go and see the end result. So. Yeah, I think anyone who's into a teen rom com. At any oh, stage of so their lives, good. definitely go see this because this is up good. there as one of the kind of really good. It's one ones. of the better ones I've seen, definitely in the last five years for sure. So. What else have you been watching, April? Um, I went to see Isle of Dogs. Oh yes, tell me how Isle of Dogs was. Isle of Dogs. Isle of Dogs. Controversially, I wasn't. Yeah, so, interested in seeing it, so um, tell me. I really like Wes Anderson. Yes, I make no apologies for that. Um, 
So this film is the second stop-motion animation from Wes Anderson. Um, It's set in Japan in the near future when all all of the dogs in the fictional city of Megasaki have been banished to a trash island after an aggressive outbreak of snout fever, which is like dog flu. I feel like we should be banished to a trash island sometime. I'd love to live on trash island. We are like residents of trash island. island. Population, us. Um, So the film focuses on the aftermath of this kind of um, disruption and in particular the mission of Atari, who's the mayor's nephew and ward um as he goes to seek out his beloved dog spots who's um voiced by lev schreiber so like any wes anderson film um it's got an exceptional cast mm. of people who are providing voices you've got brian cranston edward norton bill murray jeff goldblum greta gerwig francis mcdormand courtney b vance um fisher stevens harvey keitel um, cast, bob balaban it? scarlett johansson tilda swinton f murray abraham frank wood um, and Yoko Ono as well. I don't well. know Yoko Ono was in it. Yeah, she's wow. got a little appearance. Um, I I went into this like slightly apprehensive mm-hmm. because I'd read a lot about the kind of um, use of Japanese culture yeah. within the film and whether it was appropriate or not um, and sort of just lots of kind of cultural yeah. based issues um i did really really enjoy it i wouldn't necessarily say it's one of wes anderson's best okay. um the vi- like so so like i said it's his second stop motion animation the first was um an adaptation of Roald Dahl's fantastic mm-hmm. mr fox which and you I loved abs- that didn't i you? absolutely love not I think it's quite a polarising film. I, I know quite a few people who don't like it at all. Yeah, I really so. love it. Like, I, it's one of the ones, the Wes Anderson films that I can kind of watch again and again and not just sort of get bored of. So I do really enjoy it. And I didn't enjoy this as much as I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, the visuals of this are exceptional. You know, there's real attention to detail when it comes to kind of elements of, of things that you would sort of typically think of Japan. Um the dogs themselves are just really wonderfully rendered. Um, but I do I do still have my reservations about it. Is there a reason why specifically Wes Anderson decided to make a film about Japan or set in Japan? No idea. I don't I think I I think I read or listened to an interview with him where he said he'd wanted to make a film in Japan. Okay. Um, and then he'd also I have a feeling as well that this had begun as like a short film yeah and then it was extended he worked with Jason Schwartzman the actor and screenwriter on it and Roman Coppola who's okay, Schwartzman's yeah. cousin who's another um, Anderson collaborator yeah, yeah. and they did work with one of their other friends whose name I can't remember which is exceptionally bad but he himself is Japanese mm-hmm. I think so I think it was kind of a collaboration between right, the four okay. of them um, and I think they'd wanted to make a film in Japan just because I think obviously Wes Anderson like so many other people are inanimate with Japanese culture and yeah. just sort of you know the, the cultural climate there um, I don't necessarily know if it needed to be set in Japan to be honest. Yeah I was going to say did the cultural um, elements of it kind of did they jar a bit with you. I found them a bit strange. I mean, to the whole so the whole point of the film, um well, the whole point of the film, one of the things in the film is that the dogs speak English. Um obviously and it's at the beginning it makes a thing it makes a big thing about how the Japanese language has been left in its native language and there okay. are no subtitles for okay. it. So it's just Japanese yeah. so you just hear native speakers yeah. speaking their native language. Um, but it does say that the dog's voices or language has been translated into English. So okay. They are supposed to be Japanese dogs, but they are all speaking English with American accents. Um, right. So, but you're you're sort of told that from yeah, the off, yeah, and then yeah. all of the Japanese speech, or majority of the Japanese speech, um, 
is translated by this translator for television um, who's voiced by Francis McDormand. So right. you do kind of get an understanding of what What's they're saying. On. But for me, it did in parts feel quite jarring. That yeah. kind of, um, and you could definitely see it as a homage to, yeah. to Japanese culture. Mm-hmm. But I also did feel a little bit like, well, there are parts where the mayor in particular, Mayor Kobayashi, who's this kind of slightly evil, angry kind of, politician who's right. responsible for sending the dogs to trash island there are parts where he's getting quite aggressive and shouting and I, that for me veered a little bit on the side of that stereotype yeah, of like yeah, angry yeah. Japanese I can, do you know i can imagine entirely what you mean by that and as i just well. was like oh i don't yeah it just it's felt a little bit awkward it just felt quite awkward in parts and i don't know if i need to see it again to sort of maybe iron out the kinks a little bit but i mean it looked amazing like i mean it, it has exactly the same like visual framing that you see in a lot of ways other films and i do like that when he does do his animation work he treats treats it visually um the same way that he does his like normal live, normal yeah, yeah, yeah. you know live action films yeah. it's exactly the same kind of framing and things that you know if you if you'd sort of taken screenshots from the, the yeah, animation yeah, yeah. and then compared it to like screenshots from the live action wes mm. anderson's you would see like complete similarities, similarities. Yeah, yeah. so i do think he's he's particularly known for having like stylistic tropes um so yeah, I mean it's good. It is good, and I I think the problem is with like with any Wes Anderson films, my expectations are always sky high. Yeah. Um, I did like the fact that Greta Gerwig was in it. Um, That's cool. Her character was a little cool. bit strange, but I like the fact that she was there because she has always been referred to as being someone who feels in real life feels a little bit like a Wes Anderson character. So I do feel like it's quite funny that she's ended up in a Wes Anderson film. So did it's they- definitely worth seeing if you are a fan of his work. Um, but I can't imagine, for me personally anyway, it's not going to be one of my favourites. Mm. Did the dogs look like the celebrity voices? Really? No, they didn't. So Yoko Ono wasn't a dog that looked no, a like No, she wasn't Yoko a dog, Ono. she played a scientist. I kind of like the idea of a Yoko Ono style dog. Yeah, the dogs were really sweet. Like a Tilda Swinton style dog. Um, Tilda Swinton played a pug. She played a pug. Not the dog I would have gone for. She plays a pug who thinks that she's a visionary and they refer to her as the Oracle. But oh. the only reason she knows anything is because she watches the TV. Oh, there you go. Standard. So they she'll say, Oh, like, oh, this is going to happen and they think this is it's this amazing, like she's a psychic, she's but not, it's just because she's been watching she's the been news. Watching TV. Well, that's don't funny. we all feel that way? Right? So yeah. Oh, truth. Cool. Um some other things that I've watched quickly um recently yeah before we get on to your stuff um i watched um i've watched been watching a lot of bad comedies recently so that's great um Excellent. i watched uh i went to the cinema to see game night um did you go by yourself i did go by myself yeah. love a solo trip to uh, the cinema. love a solo trip to cinema to see trash comedy especially to see trash um went to see game night which stars jason bateman rachel mccadams uh sharon horgan uh, jesse plemons carl chandler it's a uh, group of friends whose game night turns into a real life mystery. I really liked it. Um, mm-hmm. I will gladly go to bat for just bad American comedy. Really, um, that probably... there is definitely a place for that. Oh, I just love it. It's Always. just so brainless and fun, and yeah. and it had so many of my favourite people in it. And it was it was it was just really really fun. I really like. Have you seen the film Clue? No. No. Oh, okay. It's a film that's based on. It's the... like Clueless. No, no it's based on Cluedo. Clue. Is it? It's so dumb. You should. Oh my god, we should so watch Clue together. Clue based on Cluedo. Yeah, it's so. It's really like purposefully campy and embarrassing. We all have to watch it anyway. It reminded me a little bit of Clue. Um, I also watched The House, which is a film with uh, Will Ferrell and Amy Poehler and Jason Manzoukas in, who all three of whom I adore. It's absolute rubbish, but I um watched it on my birthday, and that's what I wanted to do. Will Ferrell, you say? 
Yes, we'll come on to this. Um, I also watched <laughs> Brigsby Bear as well, which um, is directed by Dave McCary. He writes for SNL um, and the screenplay was written by Carl Mooney, who also appeals, appears on SNL. Mm. Um, it's produced by The Lonely Island. It's about a man who's obsessed with a children's television programme, um, but it's revealed that he was abducted as a child and he re- he's oh, sort of wow. found and returned back to his... Um, home, his original family, and it's it's really heartwarming. It's really so that sweet. sounds darker than I expected. No, I've I'll you should watch it. It's yeah. really really sweet. I've been wanting to see it last year and I didn't get a chance. Um, it's got Greg Kinnear, Mark Hamill, Claire nice. Danes in it as well as well as some other. I've seen Mark Hamill anything that isn't. He's really good in it. Oh, I um, love Mark so Hamill. and I also watched this movie called Ingrid Goes West that has um, Aubrey Plaza in it and she plays a girl called Ingrid who becomes obsessed with this girl on Instagram Mm -hmm. and moves to Los Angeles and kind of befriends her and it's about I think it's a really interesting comment on Instagram culture and the lives that we cultivate for ourselves online Mm. versus the actuality of our lives and sort of the who we think that who who we project to the world that we are versus who we actually are Mm. and um, I watched it like just before I got Instagram back after deleting it from them and I was just a bit like I don't know what I'm doing why am I doing yeah it's really really good it gets quite sinister um it's super fun though it's definitely worth seeing um what have you been watching um I have been watching what have I watched uh I saw ghost stories um it was really good I enjoyed it um for those that don't know, Ghost Stories is a British horror film written and directed by Andy Nyman and Jeremy Dyson. Um, Dyson, as some people may know, uh, is a member of the League of Gentlemen. The film, written and directed by them, is also adapted from their stage play. I didn't um, realise that until yeah, you told Yeah, I wish me. I'd seen... I haven't seen the stage play. I would really love to see it. Um, I think it's a very close adaption of it. Um, Jeremy Dyson is... Uh, no sorry not Jeremy Dyson Andy Nyman is also um, he was in the play I believe and he reprises his role from the play in the film it also stars Paul Whitehouse um, Alex Lawther Paul Whitehouse is obviously from Fast Show Alex Lawther is from End of the Fucking World and Martin Freeman Um, is he the boy in End of the Fucking World? he is yes he's the boy in End of the Fucking World so it's a quite a it's quite a stellar kind of like British I was going to say it's like such a British very recognisable cast members um, so it, the film is about uh, Professor Philip Goodman who is played by Andy Nyman um, he's a psychologist and sceptic he um, has like a he stars on like a TV programme whereby he kind of is almost like a myth buster so he goes and oh, visits sure, okay. psychics and stuff and exposes them as frauds okay. um, but he stumbles across a long lost file containing details with three terrifying hauntings um and he uh decides to embark on a mission to find out rational explanations for these three ghost Fine. stories um and he's told that you know these are the three stories that defy explanation mm-hmm. um so it is uh there are three narratives within this narrative i love a good buried narrative that, it's lovely um so we've got these three stories um you've got uh, the first story stars Paul Whitehouse, who's like a night watchman in an abandoned kind of factory, which is by far the freakiest one of the three. Um, Alex Lawther plays like a really young boy who's been completely sort of mentally blown apart by a weird encounter he has in the forest at night when he's borrowing his parents' car. Um, and Martin Freeman, who plays like a really uh, middle class uh, businessman um, who... Um, 
experiences some weird paranormal stuff in his house when he's expect he's waiting for his wife to give birth to his child. I can only imagine um, how peak Martin Freeman that role would probably it's be. It's so peak Martin Freeman. It really is, which is what I really loved. Um, it's it is really freaky. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of there's some good jump scares in it, especially that first one with Paul Whitehouse. Who's Paul Whitehouse was my favourite part of this. He was. So I'm not good. really surprised given that it's from the guys who were involved the legal gentlemen mm. and what was the that program that tom and wes were watching inside number nine inside number nine do you know what though it's, it's so very creepy. it's very similar i think in tone to things like inside number nine is in there are some really it's funny it is the whole film it's is funny creepy as fuck, really though, right? creepy and weird yeah but very funny yeah and it has that very, they're so good at that though that's yeah, what that's exactly. what i when i think of um league of gentlemen that's, that's what i what think, you of, think the fact of that it's like it's really really funny but it's also yeah. so unsettling it's exactly that tone you're almost like laughing because you're so freaked yeah, out yeah it's it. so weird um that's really it's very folk horror in the same way that yeah. um league of gentlemen is so it makes you think of things like you know wicker man yeah um it's like mori it's modern it's a modern take on folk horror um the settings are very very it's just such a quintessentially british film in that yeah. it's very like settings on the coast in like mobile homes are so bleak yeah it's all got that kind of like gray wash to it yeah. um it is really enjoyable i have to say the ending um where you know the kind of twist at the mm-hmm. end was not really surprising um it's it's the sort of ending that you kind of get uh there's been in a few things yeah um the whole film is kind of based around this idea of the brain sees what it wants to see so you know what are, what these people are experiencing you know is it real um is it not what does it mean to believe that sort of thing oh, okay. um and the ending has that whole you know is it real or was it all you know in his head mm-hmm. sort of thing going on it wasn't a particularly mind-blowing ending um i think it thought it was quite clever it wasn't really that wasn't clever actually, so it yeah. was it wasn't a letdown, but I was just like, yeah, the ending's fine. I thought the rest of it was a lot stronger mm-hmm. than the ending. Um, but I would definitely recommend seeing it. I do you want to try and see it? Um, it's good fun, so definitely go and see it, or, you know, see it whenever you can. Um, I also saw A Quiet Place a few days later, and um, which has had loads and loads and loads of coverage, so I don't think I need to talk about it um, a lot. It was produced by Michael Bay's company, Platinum Dunes. This must be, like, the first good Michael Bay thing say, that's come that's out in, like, forever. Um, the plot follows a family who must live in silence whilst hiding from um, some strange sort of extraterrestrial creatures that have arrived on Earth. Um, and they hunt exclusively by sound. So it's this film that very much exists kind of in silence and quiet. Um, it uh, was directed but my notes say erected. Oh, it was by, erected. It was erected by, is it John, John Krasinski? John Krasinski. I, I can't say it. John Krasinski. He's so hot. He's so hot. He's so hot. <laughs> um, it also stars Emily Blunt, who is his wife. So, look at your face. He's so hot. Yeah. Anyway. Um, stars them. But only stars, with a beard. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Without a beard. It's like a I complete know. transformation. He was in the American office as Jim. Yes. Not Tim. Not hot. I wasn't into it. But with a beard in this, very handsome. Kind of like an older Shia LaBeouf, I feel. I'm here for that. Yes. Um, it also stars Millicent Simmons, who is deaf herself, and she stars as a deaf The one thing child. I know about this film, I haven't seen it, but the one thing I read about the film is the fact that they do use um, ASL, so American Sign they Language, do, because yeah, she is deaf They use well. ASL, and also, it obviously, in you know within the plot itself, really helps because they're because they're having to live in silence, they can communicate by ASL. Um, It also stars Noah Jude. Um, 
re- I really enjoyed it. I did really enjoy it. I think it's worth the sort of praise that it's had. Um, I like that it focuses really kind of, it narrows down, focuses on one family, their home. You have no idea really what's going on with the, the rest of the world and the fate of the rest of the world. Is it kind of similar to, it comes at night in that sense? Yes. In that you've got that kind of, very like you've got similar. no idea what's going on, but it's just that follows their take and it's a family that's trying to exist in relative normality up against um one of the big plot points is that um emily blunt's character evelyn is pregnant um and it's so so it deals with this idea of kind of taking responsibility and you know being responsible for bringing a child into the world that is so evil um so it very much focuses on sort of raising their family the growth of the children and how they're going to secure a future for themselves um the sense of silence it is kind of i guess it is sort of uh i don't know how to put it it's not groundbreaking but i i get it It, it's a really interesting kind of well when it comes to like modern cinema it's not like it's how i mean how often do you get a silent film these days no you don't a lot i mean i did i did think actually when i was watching it um i did watch a film called hush which is on netflix which has had really good critical reviews as well that was more like a slasher film Mm -hmm. um, but that features sort of a single character and she is deaf Mm -hmm. so that all takes place in silence which was really good and it also made me think of don't breathe which Uh, came out last year which wasn't as good but that is kind of a film that exists so it's not the only one like that Mm -hmm. but it was really really good and i think the way it's handled it's very very tense obviously um so i definitely recommend seeing it um it deserves the praise that it's getting for real and it's always nice to see a horror film do so well at the well, box yeah, office. Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, I also saw, um, very quickly, uh, Vivian Westwood's, uh, the documentary about Vivian Westwood, punk icon activist, which was released earlier in the year and directed by Lorna Tucker. Um, it kind of follows Vivian Westwood from her early beginnings to the current day. It features uh, interviews with people very close to her, including her partner, Andreas, who's just hilarious, her closest friends and colleagues, her sons. I'm just really interested in what her sons are like. Um, and Vivian herself. Um, how many sons has she got she's got two um it's 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 enjoyable because you know i i enjoy vimeo westwood interestingly i was by far the youngest person in the cinema which i really? thought was quite interesting because i thought I would there would ev- be quite a few I would young have people expected there. there to be more lots people of, of your age women probably between the ages of 60 and 70 so very Basically, much Vivian westwood's but, age yeah, yeah of course um it is it it was a fun watch it's pretty messy as in um, Vivian herself says at the beginning that she doesn't really want to recap over her beginnings and the story with Malcolm McLaren because everyone knows it, which yeah, is true. Which so is it kind true. of hops through it. Um, so I kind of expected it maybe to focus on her later years a bit more and her activism, um, which it doesn't really do very much. And actually, since this came out, Vivian Westwood has distanced herself from the film. Oh, so she doesn't want anything to do with it because it didn't focus on her activism enough, which I actually think is entirely fair. Um, so uh it was yeah it's it's fine um it's quite it's always nice to kind of revisit Vivian Westwood I think one of the most interesting things I took away from it was that um she Vivian Westwood is still an independent company unlike a lot of the other sort of fashion lines that Alexander McQueen oh really um and she so it's still very much run by Vivian Westwood but she's very much struggling to keep on top of it there's there was very much a sense nowadays that she's really trying to have a hand on everything that's going on the clothes that are being produced and she feels like it's moving too fast and it's kind of it's getting out of hand and she can't like 
maintain well, I mean, control of her age her. as well. That's yeah. Like... So that's that's the sense that I got, and it was interesting to see her say, you know, like I haven't even seen some of these clothes. I don't like them. I don't want them to be. You know, wow. she was advising she didn't want certain stores that were opening to be open, so they weren't. Like she was really kind of. Oh, wow. So okay. that was interesting, but yeah. that was kind of it. <laughs> so oh, okay. fine. Um, worth watching if you're a fan of Vivian Westwood but I don't think you need to necessarily go to the cinema to see it and I wouldn't say it's anything groundbreaking whatsoever oh, there you go um, some TV stuff mm-hmm. um, I, I'm i at that weird impasse at the moment where I'm not really watching anything major um, it's fun to watch just nice stuff yeah sometimes, not April. just because I'm not even like I'm waiting for anything either I'm just like not I'd gone through, like, blasting through loads of stuff. Anyway, I'm, I'm in the midst of... Tom and I, last weekend, when we got back from um, Berlin, um, binged-watched the first half of the um, It's Supper Time. Oh, yeah, I haven't <laughs> seen any... Did you watch any of Dead Set on no. Oh, my God. So, Tell um, me about it. It's a show on Viceland. Um, it's Chef Matty Matheson. Um, he basically just shows you how to make meals. Uh, Matty Matheson, if you, you don't Matty. know. I just love him so much. He's oh. so funny. He just... Oh, fuck it's just so funny I feel like you love a Iceland show I as just, well yeah that's just really good it's just really funny Teach, she teaches you how to make meals Um, they have a there's this like rating where it's like a big dog medium dog or little dog oh which God. is like the manageability of it is... um, so it's really easy to watch he's just super funny Um, if you haven't watched um Dead Set on um, Life which is another Viceland show that Matty does where he travels around different places and mm-hmm. looks at the um food culture within those yeah. cities that um, sounds like it'd be really interesting I would definitely watch that that's super fun as well um I'm also halfway through watching um, Barry, which is the HBO drama comedy starring Bill Hader. Um, It's one of Bill Hader's first post-Saturday Night Live big roles, really. Um, He was one of the writers and producers on it, I think. Um, He plays Barry, who's a hired assassin, who finds himself in LA and becomes involved in an acting class and the people who attend. Um, That sounds bananas. It's really... I mean, I love Bill Hader Mm -hmm. because he's just brilliant. Um, It's going to be on Sky Atlantic in April, so you'll be able to watch it. I have been watching it by alternative means alternative means that we shall not name yeah it's really good i don't know i just it's i always find it interesting when people do stuff after saturday night live um you know in the same way that i love the fact that andy sandberg's doing so well on brooklyn 99 it's nice to see bill hedy was one of my favorites um from snl as well so it's nice to see him transfer over to his own show Mm. again um and i'm also um deeply invested in rupaul's drag race and good um season 10 and season t- untucked as well which is the after show of rupaul's drag race it breaks my heart that you don't watch it isn't i was about to say isn't it so weird that i don't watch it i think you would love it i think Maybe. i would as well you know how you're like oh i should really start watching say riverdale but I, there's just so much got like so much of it is aired that i need to yeah. like be able to i've got like fucking nine seasons of drag race to watch That's yeah insane. but some of them are better than others though so I maybe like you should you recommend gonna... me like a peak season and i'll just watch that one okay and then see i would say four five six and seven okay That's actually pretty... anything after four to be honest is oh like okay four. so maybe i can just ditch the let me ones. have a look the earlier ones are a bit ropey because it's like like any reality tv show when you go back and watch the earlier ones i do struggle stuff. i've said this well, before i struggle with reality tv yeah i so. mean this because this is season 10 so it's 10 years since mm-hmm. drag race started which i cannot believe that is isn't such that a long crazy time. um so it's only really been a thing like a big thing i feel in the last few years i think like, for massively. us in particular because it's all on netflix now mm-hmm. so you don't the accessibility of it is amazing and it's just I guess in and the at the UK. moment as well it's it's um 
the UK gets it the day after the US, so they're doing oh, okay. like a Riverdale scenario, I guess. Yeah. Um, I just love it. I just love it so much, and um, Tom loves it as well. And we both started listening to this podcast called All Right Mary. Which he yes, is, he mentioned that. Tom's like obsessed. Um, yeah. So it's like a, a drag race and analyzing podcast. Which Do you recommend that to drag race? Yeah, hundred percent. I just maybe I will pick some seasons of Drag Race for you to watch. Can you? Because there are some people on it that are I can't pick seasons of Riverdale because there's two. I will watch it eventually. Yeah, maybe I'll do that. We'll so do a swap. that's that's where I'm at with television. What have you been watching? Um, I've watched a couple of new things. Uh, I've almost finished Wild Wild Country, which oh, I is the this. yeah, it's which so is the annoying. true crime Netflix uh, documentary series. I think it's six parts. Um, it was released on the 16th of March after premiere at Sundance. Um, it's directed by brothers McLean and Chapman Way. Um, so it's uh, it's a series that follows um, the controversial Indian guru. Wait for it, Bhagwan Shri Ranish. Ranish, sorry, Bhagwan Shri Rajneesh. That's Rajneesh, it. Rajneesh, yeah. Um, people call him Osho, so let's just call him Osho. Um, it also follows his one-time personal assistant Ma Anand Sheila and their community of followers in Rajneesh Puram. Rajneesh. Purim, it's, it's hard to Oregon. pronounce. Oregon. Oregon, yes. It was <laughs> based in Oregon. in Oregon. So this community um, formed by Osho settled in Oregon in the 80s. Um, it uh, was obviously met with a lot of tension from neighbours and the surrounding world. And it's totally a story that has pretty much everything you can imagine in it um, for a kind of cult it's a it's a cult a story of a cult it's really funny because i remember listening to, to the episode of my favorite murder a, must be it's an early or mid it's, it's an episode very a very long time ago on mfm yeah where they were talking about it and at the time i remember being like oh this is bananas that this completely in bananas and like, i remember reading about yeah. it and being like fucking hell like do you know what for me and then I... when i saw the um I must have seen the thing come up on Netflix. Or oh, yeah. actually, maybe it was Mark. Du- I follow Mark Duplass on Twitter. Okay, he's yeah. one of the executive producers. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I saw him talking about it. And I was like, wait, is that the same? Oh my God, it's the same thing. Do you How know amazing. what? It didn't even occur to me what I was watching until they mentioned um, a point where um, this community bust in 6,000 homeless people yeah. to form a part of the community, basically, so that they could establish themselves as a city and yeah. get, like, the, the electoral vote and things like that. Um, and when he when they mentioned that in the documentary, I was like, shit, I remember this from yeah. MFM, because I remember thinking, that is absolutely mad, insane, because basically when it didn't work, they just turfed just all these homeless all people out, out again. Um, it's a story of... I was trying to list things. It's obviously a story of religion, suspicion, attempted murder, fraud, corruption, fear, tension, wiretapping, arson. Basically, you name it and it's kind of in there. All the faves. Um, There is, of course, that absolutely bananas plot involving 6,000 homeless people. Um, It interviews many of the people closest to Osho um, from kind of both sides. There's two sides to this story. So there's the story of the people who kind of stayed with Osho in the community once it started falling apart. And there is um, Osho's personal secretary, um, Sheila, who very much became like the figurehead of the organisation because Osho didn't want to do any kind of media interviews. She was the one doing it all. She led this entire thing, but she also left at a certain point when things were falling apart. So it's a very balanced kind of narrative. It's a real blend of kind of good and evil, depending on who you are listening to. Oh, and it's very open okay. in terms of, you know, yes, this is, you know, a cult that in many ways became, you know, very corrupt and there was a lot of weird shit going on. But also, you know, the way they were treated, um, 
externally by their neighbours and by the government and things like that was extremely you know problematic as well mm-hmm. um i just think it's worth watching for sheila because she is easily the best part of this documentary she's easily the best part of this entire story she's just i mean whether she's good or evil i can't really work it out she's a fucking bad man like she's just so <laughs> savvy she just doesn't take shit she's battled her entire way through this entire story and has always just been like you know, yes, I'm the one that's going to be, you know, the scapegoat. Mm -hmm. And she's just, there's a bit where they ask her on TV, she's being interviewed and they say, you know, you're, I think it's when they're trying to establish themselves as a city. um, And they ask her like, you know, what would you say to the community around you who don't want you to be here? And she's basically like tough titties. And it's great. (laughs) It's, she's just, she's the best bit. And she's kind of spurned a thousand memes. She's great. Um, It's a very, very, very detailed documentary. Yeah, that's Um, the one thing I had heard Which was also mentioned on MFM in that Karen loved it. And Georgia was like, I can't. I just got I, bored. I worry I'll get bored. But it's I'm going to give it a go. Paste, as in, there's just so much detail. I think that's the thing I often struggle with detailed. with, like the with that true crime documentary series. Uh-huh. That, like, w- w- when there's so much information. Mm-hmm. There is so much going on can't. in this. I'm just like, oh, this I've funny. kind of lost... I watched the first few episodes really quickly mm-hmm. and I've kind of lost momentum a little bit in that I was really interested in how it all began. Yeah. I was really interested in their journey over to Oregon. I was really interested in them establishing themselves as a community yeah. and all of that. Once you get to the point where the fallout begins and Osho and um, Sheila kind of split mm-hmm. and they both go on the run in various ways, I kind of stopped caring yeah. a little bit. Like, we're past all the really crazy yeah. cult stuff. So I think I've got one more episode to watch, so I guess I need to, you know, I need to finish it, and I'm sure I will enjoy it. But I wouldn't blame people for being like, oh, my God, there's so... It's quite a slug. In okay. the same way that, because I've recently read Zodiac, mm-hmm. um, that's had quite a split reception in that some people were like, I love how detailed it is, as in, like, you know, m- this guy can record minute by minute what was going on in that investigation. Um, some people love that. Some people like I couldn't get through. It's too it's too deep. I have got probably a quarter of, of Robert Graysmith book left, and I think it's because I had to stop because I was I was it. The detail of it is like next level. It and is it's amazing. It's like names every minute, every street. It's incredible, everything. but it is just like it's a lot to take in at once. So I I and with to that, read because you you read so quickly. You're like me, and you know I read so quickly. That I'm not really taking a lot. I of think it I was reading it alongside other stuff because I was like I need to have something to. Yeah, it's very similar in that respect, so I can kind of understand if people find it a slog. Um, Just quickly on the music front, um, we both agree that we've listened to a lot of Bleachers recently. I have, and I was a total latecomer to Bleachers. How many times did you mention it on this podcast? Just many, "Mm, many times. And now I'm so into it. I did like when we um, met you yesterday, you were singing one of the... That bit from that song. (sighs) Yeah, the best. Um, so we've listened to a lot of Bleachers. Yes. Also, um, Cardi B's album came out. Yes. Um, Invasion of Privacy it came out, uh, I want to say the start of April. Yeah. Um, she'd previously released two mixtapes, um, and obviously Bodak Yellow was one of the best songs from last mm-hmm. year. Um, that was released, released in June last year, I yeah. think. Um, the album itself has already gone gold in the US um, and has been very critically revered. Um, she's been on like this crazy promotional cycle over the last few weeks as well. Which There's been a lot of Cardi B around. A lot of Cardi B. Um, she's been she performed on saturday night live at the start of this month as well um and at which she revealed um that she was pregnant her glorious baby which had been rumored for a while but she finally revealed it um 
This album is so good. I'm obsessed with this oh, album. Oh, God, I've just been relentlessly obsessed. listening to it non-stop. Absolutely. It's so, it's so I good. I really like that it was so good because I think that there was potential here for, for her to end up being someone who had, like, an amazing hit single. And then everything else and was And everyone, everyone who really, like, just really loved her because she's so likeable and mm-hmm. just... She's so likeable. She we can knows, talk about that in a minute. But. She knows how to I mean she's someone who essentially kind of came up through reality TV and then yeah. really utilised Instagram as like yeah. a fame creating tool but she's just so likeable she's so normal's like a bit reductive down but she's to just work. really down to worth just like um, no holds barred and, and I think it would have been really easy for her to have this amazing single which was a smash success and then everything else to be a bit... and then to just be an album full of filler with like maybe yeah. a couple of good singles yeah. but it's really good like I was, so I was really consistent. impressed. It's so consistently good. And I think that actually um, that seems to have been like the general reaction from, from so many people that yeah. I've spoken to about it, which I think is probably... Oh, Baz. Baz loved Baz it. Baz was into it. Um, I really, really love it. Um, and it, it reminds me of how excited I was when Pink Friday came yeah, out. So it's got that early Nicki Minaj kind of like... Yeah. I was just so hyped when that record came out and I was like, there were yeah. so many good tracks on this and it's It's similar. that similar kind of like Nikki had mixtapes and then yes. had some singles and then we were waiting Pink for Pink Friday, Friday to kind of blew out. it out of the Is water. That similar? Yeah, that's similar. Very similar. I've spent a lot of time this week watching Cardi B interviews because she is so down to earth. She's adorable. Did you see her on Jimmy Fallon? Yes. Where she, where John, I mean, this broke my heart into a thousand pieces because it was John Mulaney and Cardi B mm-hmm. and I'm, just adore John Mulaney so she's I think she was co-hosting the show with mm-hmm. Jimmy and Car- and and John Mulaney comes on and he gives her a, a present and she's like this is the first present I've had and it's a little Cardi G yes a little child it's so cardigan and she just cute. takes it and she's like babies are so small She's like, just adorable. She's so nice. She's 25. What the fuck? I can't. When I, I remember when I found out that she was 25, I remember texting you and mm-hmm. Baz and just being like, she's 25. What have I been doing with my life? Unbelievable. Isn't it mad? She's great. Um, What are your favourite tracks on this? I bet um, they're well similar to mine. I really like um Moneybag. Yes. I really like... Um, I like it. I like it. I like it's the one that I've like played into over the and ground. over and over. Right, that's my most played, followed by Moneybag. Yeah, that week that the record came out um, on my last FM, where it has like the um, you know these are your top tracks from the week. Like it was just like I like, I like it. it was like twenty five times. Um, I'm so I re- yeah um, I really like Bick and Head as well. Yeah, um, it's really hard actually to say which ones you like best because they're all so good. I think it's Moneybag. I like it in Bick and Head. I really like Best Ring Life. Ring is great. Ring is really great. Is yeah. Ring the one with Kalani in it. Yes. Yes. Um, and I, I like the scissor track as well at the end. Um, I do. Um, yeah, I think... The only one that I sometimes skip is She Bad because... Uh, yeah, I skip some. Sometimes I'm a bit like, oh, this is a bit... It does go on. I do like Best Life as but, well just because it's Chance. Yes. And if you put Chance in anything, I'm going I've to put, I to like it. it, Drip, Ring, Moneybag, Bodak Yellow, Best Life. That's yeah, that's like pretty my much top ones. I do really like Drip as well because I feel like it shows that she can hold her own against so sort of like contemporary male rappers as yes. well. So obviously she's off rapping on that uh, on that song with um, Migos and obviously she's dating Offset. And I think it's, I think that one thing I did like about this album actually that it proves that she she can hold her own yes. that she is capable of of which again of being was very consistently similar to good with yeah I think. because I think when she when she's appeared on other songs mm. and I think also people were probably skeptical about actually whether she was capable of 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 a greatness yes you know and I just it was rather than being like a guest on other tracks absolutely so I was just like 
I've been just yeah. This has been pretty much nonstop. I've got so much time for out. Cardi B, and she's not annoying like Nicki Minaj. Yeah, and I although, hope she doesn't get progressively more annoying. Although I do think that I think the problem is it's it's the two of them get compared so much, mm. and I think they're both really aware of it. And there yeah. has been like it must beef, be a nightmare. There has been oh beef yeah, I've seen the beef. Them. Um, just on the Nicki Minaj um, train as well. She released two songs this mm, week. I um, haven't listened to Barbie them. Tings and Chun Li. They're so good. Are they? Yeah. Okay. And what I, that makes me feel better because my, I haven't been fussed about Nicki no, Minaj for and that a while. was my takeaway. So there's this Spotify playlist, Rap Caviar, which I think yes, I mentioned yes, to you before. Yes. And um, I I think we were away when Barbie Tings came out. Um, so I hadn't listened to it and it came up on, on Rap Caviar. And I was like, this is really good. And that okay, it's been a while good. actually since I've heard a Nicki Minaj song that and gone like, wow, that isn't really... just a bit annoying. Yeah. Because, I mean, Tom and I were like, we were listening to it last night and then I was like putting on other Nicki Minaj songs and I was like, oh, do you remember that period of time where she was just doing like Ibiza dance music yeah. albums, which are like catchy. But I wouldn't listen to but you like, wouldn't listen to at home so, on the regular. Yeah, so those are definitely worth checking out as well. Um, Nothing has ever beaten Massive Attack for a Nicki Minaj song. That is my favourite Nicki Minaj song ever. So I don't know what my favourite Nicki Minaj song is, actually. Um, there are just two more things I'd like to address before we go on to um, our main topic of discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is that I saw Hamilton. Oh my God, we need to talk about Hamilton. I saw Hamilton. It was amazing. Tell me. Um, I saw, it. Was, what's the date today? Three weeks ago. Um, was it three weeks ago already? Yeah, Shit. a distant Time memory. Um, I went to see um, Hamilton at the Victoria Theatre in London. Um, I I say I booked the tickets. Vix booked the tickets for us back in January. Be yelling, at scru- yelling at the same go. It was me. And I had a countdown app thing on my phone that was like counting down the day, like four hundred and something days to go. Insane. It was insane. Was it as good as you'd hoped? Oh my god, and more. Like, my expectations had been super high for it. And I just... And I'd been listening to the Broadway cast recording for Ooh. a while. And then had to stop myself because I was like, I don't want to get too hyped. And then go and be like, oh, mm. this isn't... But it's just... It's next level. If any... If, if you have the opportunity to get tickets to go and see Hamilton... Like, I genuinely think it's probably the best theatre-based experience I've had in my entire life. Yeah. Like... It's just so overwhelmingly good. It's definitely worth... I mean, and also, we'd like to preface this by saying that our tickets were not that expensive and really? we had an amazing view, yeah. Because, That's brilliant. like, I know it's been talked about a lot that there's been, like, crazy pricing structures mm. with it. And I know that every time that Tom and I had been to New York since Hamilton had opened on Broadway... um we'd never had the opportunity to get tickets because they're crazy expensive in the States as well and they just set out really far in advance but um it's totally worth going i think ours were probably about 40 pounds which God, to be honest so is really bad. reasonable that's really cheap for the yeah. theater generally and the view that we i mean the theater itself is lovely it's been refurbished recently and the view that we had from where we were sitting was like you could see everything wow. and i don't feel that we were at a disadvantage for having yeah. played like slightly less money than everyone oh. else so it's just so it's pleased. just amazing you should totally see God, it so many people chance. are jealous of you right now I'm so glad to have finally experienced it. Um, also, why do you hate Will Ferrell? Uh, so you, do you know what? I actually lost followers over that tweet. You posted a few weeks ago <laughs> about how you don't like Will Ferrell. And as someone who... I said, there's a special place in hell reserved for people who find <laughs> Will Ferrell hot funny. This is a subtweet about me. <laughs> I didn't realise I was subtweeting you at the time. I don't know why, you, why do you hate him. so annoying. Do you, have you never enjoyed a Will Ferrell no. film? <laughs> I just don't think he's funny. I just don't think he's funny, April. Okay. Not even an anchorman. No. Have you seen Step Brothers? Yeah. I just I think Step Brothers is so overrated. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> 
I can't I'm believe so sorry. Wes does too. You might expect it of Wes. Well, yeah. I'm so sorry. I didn't even know after all these years that this was a thing that we wouldn't agree on. I thought everyone hated Will Ferrell. No, I mean, I'm not like, you know, like a real stan for him, but I enjoy you his are work. Really, aren't you? Your reaction, I'd say, means that you are. I think I was just surprised. Oh, I just think he's... It's not Adam Sandler. He's basically... <coughs> he's akin to Adam Sandler for me. Although, actually, Adam Sandler is wow. worse. On the back of... Our last episode in which we talked for quite a long time about Ben Affleck's back tattoo. I don't even want to think about it again. Um, and I actually received quite a few messages about Ben Affleck's back tattoo on the back About how of that. great it is yeah. and how we're just being really mean. Yeah, how we're just really snobby about it. Um, celebrity tattoos is a thing that I think we should just discuss because it's great. Um, and why so many celebrity tattoos are so fucking bad. You um you texted me earlier when you were like contemplating coming around and you were like, How's the pod prep going? And I was like, Yeah, it's fine, I'm just getting irrationally annoyed at how how, how many famous people have shit tattoos. Like really when you were like, Oh, should we talk me. about this for the pod? I was like, Yeah, that's fine. That sounds like a like a an easy topic to talk about. But then I was like, I didn't realise I was gonna feel so enraged. It? It's a minefield. I don't understand how how people with like exponentially more yes, money at their disposal than the you thing. or I or and anyone we know just get it doesn't make sense it doesn't make any sense you've got all the time in the world you don't have to work a nine-to-five and you've got so much money and yet you come out with this so you have access to the internet like you and I do so yeah. it's not even it's unreal um I feel like we are we are positioned to comment on this because <laughs> a we are tattooed people B, I have tattoos of varying quality, so I do feel like I'm in a position yeah. to criticise oh, other yeah. people. Oh, yeah, I'm not saying that mine so, are, like, the, the bees knees. I've got some whack things, so that's fine. I, I think feel everyone like I can has some whack else's. things. I think that's natural. But there is a difference between that and having consistently shit tattoos throughout your entire life. Like, why is everything so well, shit that I you know, have? The thing that we were talking... Because there's a correlation. People, If people get shit tattoos who are famous, they seem to always get shit Yeah, tattoos. I mean, the thing that we were talking about earlier was that I said to you, I don't understand why when you're a person that's going to be in the public eye significantly more than, like, the the average Joe, why, why get such trash? I don't know. If you, like, feel like, actually, despite the fact that it's going to be a bit of a nightmare for the makeup artist on XY film I work on yeah. to have to cover them up, I'm going to get tattooed, maybe, like... Oh, think about how often people are photographed. Like, I don't I know, understand it. I know how many they must regret as well. But many of the examples that I that sprang to my mind, I would go in and Google someone based on an example of a tattoo they have, and I'd be like, God, that person with this tattoo is is so shit. And I would discover on the back of that they actually have like sixteen other really shit, ta- shit tattoos that I didn't know about. It is weird, isn't it? Um. So, excluding Ben Affleck, because we took, spoke about him at quite some length last right, time, um, we've compiled a list of 10 celebrities with tattoos that either sort of just a tattoo that daunts us or lots of tattoos that are just inexplicable or, you know, something that's stuck in our mind quite a lot. With Can I be honest with you and say yeah. that I've only got one, two, three, four, five, six. That's fine. Seven, potentially eight. That's enough. Because I got so frustrated. Absolutely. With fine. like the struggle of trying to find people whose work I actually liked. Oh, and then I just kept getting annoyed, so... Well, you can talk a bit more about tattoos that you actually like on people, because I <laughs> oh, have was a struggle. no example of a celebrity. I couldn't think of any, so oh, I got I've lost. Got, I've got a few, but... Well, we can we can go to that then. Okay. Um, should we just do one each and talk about some examples that... Um, yeah, go ahead. That you came... can start. Do you want me to start? Yeah, you go. Um, 
my first one I feel like I have to apologise for because actually I don't think this person's very mentally sound so I feel a bit bad but also she just it just baffles me but she's not mentally sound so this is sort of awful um Sinead O'Connor right what first came to mind with Sinead O'Connor is that in 2013, she debuted these lovely face tattoos that she had. I don't know if you've ever seen them. I've never seen You probably them. haven't seen them because she got them lasered off the next year. Um, she got a red B and a Q on her cheeks. Like B and Q the shop. Um, but it wasn't B and Q. I've, For our American I've saved... listeners, uh, B and Q is a, like a homeware D- A DIY, DIY shop. shop. Um, poor Sinead O'Connor, honestly. Um, so she has B and Q tattooed on her cheeks. What do they stand for? Um, it stands for Brendan Quinlan, who is a person that no one knows about. Um, she, When asked about it, she said it stands for Brendan Quinlan. Um, and she got it to never forget a man who broke her heart. Whoever Brendan is. I don't want to be rude or anything, but if someone broke my heart, I probably wouldn't get a tattoo about them on my face. Do you know what the B? It looks a bit like the Buffy logo. Oh, it does. Um, Anyway, she got B and Q. We'll post pictures of this. I'm really glad she Um, got it lasered off. She got it lasered off a year later, so she obviously realised it was a mistake. Um, But I was thinking about that, and then I thought, she's got others, hasn't she? So I thought she'd have a look. Oh, they're just not very good. She's got a Jesus tattoo on her chest, which I think is relatively recent, that sort of looks like a thumb. <laughs> and <laughs> I'll show you a picture of this as well. It does look like a thumb. I'm so sorry. Um, and the one thing that stuck with me about this is that... Oh my that God, are you it, kidding? No. Isn't it bad? I know. I'm so sorry, Sinead. I'm so sorry. Um, what I found interesting about this is... She did admit that she got it under general anaesthetic. So famous people with massive tattoos, quite clearly, you know when people like can't believe Cheryl Cole got that bum tattoo. She obviously got general anaesthetic because they're so fucking rich they can afford to go under general anaesthetic to have a tattoo but done. What type we of don't get to have to that... do that. Oh, that's so strange. Yeah, it's mad. Um, she's also got like this. She's got loads. Of, she's got a cross on her arm. She's got a love heart made of words. I don't even know what it says. Um, she's got Bob Marley lyrics on her hand. Many of her uh, tattoos are quite religious, obviously sure. Catholic. But I think she's had quite a few issues with Catholicism. So don't even know what's going on there. And um, the other one I wanted to point out was this Jamaican tattoo. Um, that yeah, I think there's a lion with the Jamaican flag. For some reason, the outline on the bottom of the lion appears to be drawn in sharpie compared to the like thin line at the why top of the you, line. Why would and you what line it, it really heavily in the bottom and then like... It's very just, bottom heavy. It's like you've decided that actually you were using a needle that was way too big and then you oh, just... Oh, I'm just going to switch to a heavier a fine line at the top. So it says King of Kings, Lord of Laws, Earth's rightful ruler. Oh, I don't, that sounds I, a bit right wing. It does sound a bit right wing, <laughs> doesn't it? Poor Sinead O'Connor. That, she's lost the plot, but she's... It's, that line looks really unhappy. Really unhappy. It's not happy to be waving a flag at all. I don't like that. Nice and colourful, though. I like how the writing um, is not all in one colour and sort of moves from like... I like that like you've gone for the optimistic purple, side of Purple that. and red into red into sort you know, of yellowy orange. You know when you're a kid and you get those pencils that have got, like, multiple yes, colours in and you like have to try and work out how to... No, the ones... Like, oh. So it's like a single... Li- Single piece of lead, but it's yes. different colours. And you have colored. to try, yeah, you have to try and work out how to make it look cool because otherwise, if you do it, it just you just get like a brown mess. Yeah, that's what it looks it's like. exactly like. That okay. it also looks a bit like they started drawing the outline in Bic and then just tattooed red over it, but the Bic hasn't gone away. Well, this away looks yet. a bit like you know when you get tattooed sometimes, and then like if they've 
put the stencil on, but they need to draw extra bits on. They'll like yeah. do. They've got a bit of yellow tattoo pen there. Yeah, that's what it looks like. It looks exactly like that. We'll post some pictures. They're really bad. And I know I shouldn't for someone who's obviously had a very hard time over the years. But um, they are pretty shit tattoos. But I'm glad she got rid of the cheek ones. That's horrendous. So I, you you went for like the um, things that are really bad side of stuff. And yeah. I, I sort of went for like the optimistic. Let's try and oh, find okay, some that's stuff. that's nice. They can balance them good. off. Yeah, I, I mean, just went in heavy. I mean, I struggled. So this will, this this is probably a testament to the fact that I can't find anything good. Now, um, so well, we're talking about bad, bad, bad tattoos. Um, I... I think that the thing is that everything is an acquired taste, is it not? Yes. So I'm sure that when people look at the stuff that I have on my limbs, that they probably don't. Like, God, I'd never get that. Yeah, but then I would go, I would be exactly the same for someone else. Like, it's entirely subjective and stuff. But um, so I, um, as you know, I am deeply obsessed with Ryan Gosling. Yes. Um, And um, there was an interview a few years ago in W Magazine, I think, um, around the time that Blue Valentine came mm-hmm. out. And um, it was an interview with Michelle Williams and Ryan Gosling. And um, one of the things, inexplicably, the um, interviewer asked Ryan was about his tattoos, because he has some. And Ryan said, I like <laughs> it when they look bad, but no one will do bad tattoos. So I did them myself. That's why it's bad. I'm waiting to get old. I think old guys with tattoos look good. I mean, Ryan Gosling could do Who's... anything. In... Wait, he did his tattoos himself? He did some of them himself. So he's got on his upper left arm, he's got a scene from the um, Shel Silverstein book, The Giving Tree. April doesn't need notes for this because she just fucking knows it. I'm going to man. Um, he's got a scene from okay. The Giving Tree. So it's a tree, an apple and a small boy. Have you read The Giving Tree? No. Amazing book. Okay. Deeply screwed up, but amazing. Um, Something so you got want to get tattooed on your arm for life. Probably, yeah. So cool. he's got it on top of his arm. Then on the inside of his arm, he's got... And this one's actually really sick. And sick. Have I got a picture of it? Show yeah. me a picture. So it's of a woman. This is a picture from Place Beyond the Pine. So this isn't real. This is real, mm. though. Um, so it's an outline drawing of um, silent, silent film actress um, Theda Barra. Um, it's based on a famous picture of her and a skeleton. So there's like this really famous sort of kind of photo shoot that she did. It looks from, like, like she's the early nineteen tens. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> so there's that one that he's got. He's also got on his left arm as well. Um, there's this like, it's it's the logo of the record label that he set up to release Dead Man's Bones, his band. Oh record. yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. Werewolf Heart, and it's like a werewolf hand and like a drippy heart. Oh, but he did it by okay. himself, so it looks like a cactus. <laughs> <laughs> it's really shit but it's like really endearing about uh, it is it because he did it himself yeah and if he also, paid money for someone else to do that you'd yeah be and he's also got this weird barcode on one of his inside oh, of his wrists God. that he did himself but now it's just like this massive black bar <laughs> you know when people like black their arms out yeah it looks like that looks like so, he started that yeah but, but I it's kind of endearing that he's done them himself I just think he's. I mean, Ryan, I like Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling is like low key weird anyway. Yeah. So I like that he's into bad tattoos. Though. Yeah, like that's a thing. If, the, well, if you're into it and you also recognise that so, they look great. So fine. the so the um, Derek C. and France film Place Beyond the Pines that Ryan mm-hmm. Gosling did. The whole point about Ryan Gosling's character Luke um, is that like 
Ryan wanted him to have like tattoos. Yeah. And then he realised that all of the like shit tattoos that he was putting on Luke, he would then have to get put on every time they were filming. Yeah. And he was like really annoyed about the fact he'd made this decision. Mm. But then he was like, oh, but that's like what Luke would have to deal with the fact that he'd gotten all this crap on him and it was there forever. <laughs> forever. So true yeah. story, true story. I mean, obviously, Ryan Gosling can do what he wants and I would worship the ground that he walks on. But there you go. That's. That's his um his tattoos. Who else have you got in terms of? Did you put Charlotte? Did well, you Shia I don't Le- mind them, but well, no, no, this wasn't as I didn't actually. I put find this them down funny. As a, yeah, I didn't put this down as a bad example actually. Um, I'm just interested in Shia LaBeouf's tattoos, so um, I don't fault the fact that he's got two Missy Elliott tattoos. Two. I like that on the same leg. I don't fault that he's got Prince or Dr. Dre or Tupac or Notorious B.I.G. I think that's all that's cool like i actually you know if you can have a little portrait gallery on your knees have you seen um, them though? yes um that i do have slight issues yeah with the way they look yeah especially the prince one <laughs> that looks like the his prince face has like, melted but the prince one the prince one is like the less worse of them I the think. two missy elliott ones i can't even tell the missy elliott one yeah, of them's like a blob but that's because they're based on like a specific music video one of her early music videos where she's like in this kind a blob of, no but she's wearing this like suit where it's being filled with air or she's oh like, yes the big yeah i know that, that one. one so it's that so it's like it's not the easiest picture to get a tattoo no of. but it sort of looks like a rotten fruit yeah rather than i a... mean if you didn't know specifically it was supposed to be missy elliott from that music video yeah. you wouldn't know well, the reason i like this though is because he doesn't appear to actually be a very big missy elliott fan despite having two missy elliott tattoos and he maintains that he got them because he was peer pressured into it by his american honey co-stars they all, that was the thing they so um during the filming of um the andrew arnold film american honey that's when they, a lot of those happened i remember reading he got about 12 it tattoos april i love him he got tattooed 12 times during that film but very carried stuff. away they were probably um, done by someone in a hotel room and he was probably oh clearly tits. they look nuts so i think they ended up in a few tattoo parlors just on the you know on the regs on the... um so i kind of just put him in not because i think um his his choices of portrait in particular are bad i do admire but they the do fa- look fairly shitty i do admire the, fa- admire the fact that he doesn't care i had got him down. i know he doesn't care i had got him down on my list of things that i um didn't find too questionable which no. considering i've just spent ages saying about how i understand how people get shit tattoos um you know i like the idea of it i'm slight like but may it was the fact mainly that a, he's not that big a fan of Missy Elliott, but he's got two tattoos of her. But isn't that not Charlotte B... fall over though? Oh, yeah. You care so little about everything. None of this is a surprise. Would, someone would be like, oh, you should get a tattoo of Missy Elliott. And you'd be like, haha, yeah, yeah, let's go and do you it. You should do it again. Do it twice. Okay. And then also do this. He'd be like, yeah. Get sure, another 10 after that. So, yeah, he was just more of an example. It's the most sort of Shia LaBeoufy thing to ever happen, really. But um, they're quite hard to see. Like, they are you, if you try and source a picture, it's pretty hard. They're mostly find, just like blobs. I had to find a lot of pictures of him in shorts. Yeah. In it's, when he's them. got a short on, that's when you can see yeah, it. Yeah, you, you can kind like of. out, can't you? Um, do you know like, what? On this on this leg, I'm not even sure which ones they're supposed to be. Do you know? Oh, that's meant to be Tupac. Because it's shirtless, isn't it? That's Fuck, Tupac that's and that's Missy Elliott. The shirtless one looks a bit like the gentleman from Buffy. It does. I think it's because it's not shaded. So it's just... And, uh, and the only, an only reason is because if that bit at the bottom there says thug life. Oh yeah, you can see the tattoo. So that's supposed to be Tupac. Honestly looks like... Or like the master from Buffy, like it's got a vampire not think face that on. That just reminds me of how a lot of our male friends have just got like shit tattoos their friends did. Oh yeah, 
like when they were pissed so here's your here's your prince one yeah i thought that was the less bad of of them though i guess so he's wearing purple yeah it does look like prince uh, sort point. of he held it really far away <laughs> you know do you know what from a distance it looks just like prince <laughs> no it's prince. when you can't see his face he does look like prince doesn't yeah. it from a distance yeah exactly yeah. there you go april's holding my phone like on the other side of the room <laughs> 10 feet away so i can see a bit of purple and some hair um have you ever seen zoe kravitz tattoos oh god zoe kravitz is really hot um <laughs> kind of in passing but i haven't paid so much attention to zoe kravitz's tattoos are a very um atypical of what it seems like a lot of tat- um celebrities Ooh, seem to get which is like example no no i just mean that in the, that thing at the moment which is like a lot of single needle black work yes she seems to get tattooed so they're like when i was doing some research the the tattooers that seem to come up at the moment like um three people was john boy dr Wu, and bang bang um bang bang's tattooed dr Wu, yeah Do- bang bang's tattooed rihanna i think dr Wu's mm-hmm. um, mr Wu, sorry has tattooed mm-hmm. rihanna i think john boy has tattooed a bunch of them anyway they're like like super like single needle black yeah. work you yeah. know she's just got like a bunch of like tiny things so she's got the like tiny snakes things and birds celebrities her entire like, arms right? have got kind of like they're just like little tiny designs and stuff i don't know they're just kind of pretty neat and i find that that like she's gone for that i like it when people have a very particular style they're very like zoe kravitz brand yeah very like low-key you know if you're married to a particular style that's like i'm kind of i mean yeah they look kind of cool they're just like quite decorative they're pretty Mm -hmm. nice um those i mean I'll, i've got a link here but i'll, I'll post those they're just kind of cool yeah that's just kind of like largely inoffensive not don't look too stupid um type of which stuff. is what you'd expect from zoe kravitz because she's pretty cool exactly they're just, any kravitz yeah, really absolutely that's the thing like you know she's not gonna get something it's just gonna be it's in her jeans it is child of kravitz and lisa bonnet she's not gonna get any trash as soon so. um my next one was scarlett Hansen because i hate her tattoo so much She's like one of Hollywood's most attractive she's celebrities. A, she's a babe. Her tattoos are so shit. The, so the one that's on her Unbelievable. arm, the forearm, the that's rainbow That's what brought one. my... I was like, the fucking I, the, sunrise. The first time I saw that, I thought it was like a child crayon, sticker. A crayon drawing or a sticker, right? Um, just It's so awful. It's so bad. Um, to go with that, she has um, an infinity ring with an A in the middle near her ankle that just looks like... I don't know. Someone sneezed on her. Okay. Um, she's got one of my favorites is the fake bracelet. I love a good fake bracelet oh, tattoo. That's a good or a fake bracelet which says I heart NY on it. Oh my Does it god! Really? Yeah, it's so bad. Um, she also has a the wonkiest horseshoe. I'm gonna have to get a picture of it. The wonkiest horseshoe ever with Lucky You on her rib cage, which is why would you get a bracelet tattoo that says Look I heart how NY. wonky it is. Oh my god. Isn't that unbelievable? That's weird. Inoffensive design, but someone was actually drunk when she got it done. Maybe she was moving a lot because the lucky seems to be sloping off to the left. It looks like something I would draw on like my binder at school. Yes. Yes. Um she's also got a baby lamb on her back, which is not <laughs> awful, but you know, baby lamb on your back. Fine. I guess she doesn't have to look at it. Um though. but the fake bracelet is a is a particular highlight. I'm just very surprised by how, firstly, how wide ranging these styles are because the, whole, the 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 baby lamb is sort of like some sort of fine portrait, and then some of them are just like someone's done it in Crayola. Um, they're really shit. I, I do like the first time I saw that on her. There's arm. no excuse for being like that. Looks like she's and wearing it's just like it stuck as... in the middle of her arm. <clears throat> you know, when you're a kid and you get like temporary tattoos. Yeah, 
It looks like one of them. Yeah. Except it it's like not that. temporary because she's an idiot. I think they're completely inexcusable and I'm going to be snobby about that because I think they're shit. No, she should know better. Okay, so this... The one I'm going to talk about now um, is probably the best... Of, of the ones I could find that were like legit that I would like be low-key Tell me one that's into. actually legit, please. Um, so um, Adam Levine from Maroon yeah. 5, he's got an, a large amount of tatties. He's pretty covered. A large um, amount. And he's got... Most of his are like black and grey. Yes. So they're pretty like Lovely. inoffensive. Um, I always feel like if you're going to get something, then it's going to be trash. If you get it black and grey, then yeah, it's it helps. less noticeable. So he's got a whole bunch of stuff. He's got like an eagle on his sternum. He's got um, a tiger on one of his forearms, which is kind of cool. But the thing that I I like... Him... inoffensive? Yeah, I mean, he's, yeah. his arms are covered. He's got like um, a hand and a rose on his chest, which is, says like true love, which is kind of like very similar to something I have. So actually yeah. like fine. But the thing was, I when I saw what his back piece was... Um, I was really surprised because I was like, oh, I would low-key get this. Okay. I don't so, know what his back piece is. Show me. So it's like a full oh, scale wow. back it's piece. Proper... Yeah, no, so that's very this, good. It's by this guy that tattoos in, in um, LA called Brian Randolph. Okay. And I went back through his Instagram and he like has, he like tattoos legit It's very stuff. traditional, isn't it? Yeah, and it is black and grey. So it's like a mermaid holding a skull. She's got wings. There's like some waves. It's very like... Oh, that's nice. It's very that kind of like back portrait. Complete, back like framed. Piece. Yeah, yeah, framed. And it's got... Sw- it's just really cool. Cool. Yeah, and it's very traditional. Yeah, which is very I mean, it's, it's very brand. like my aesthetic, yes. which is why I'm into it. But I was like very surprised. I'm pleasantly surprised by yeah. that. Pleasantly of surprised. all the tattoo based research I did regarding celebrities, this his tattoos were probably the best. How much do you fancy Adam? So Levin? much. I'm yeah. so sorry. Yeah. Do you know what always sticks with me though? Go on. That bit in American Horror Story where he is he in is, American yeah, Horror Story? like he has like a little role in it. And huh. he's having sex with someone, and he does that thing before they ruined it begin, where he basically um, spits in his hand. Oh, he didn't. What season? Spits is this? in his hand to like lubricate a, things, um, like Eminem does in Eight Mile. Yeah, and I was sort of simultaneously <laughs> repulsed and aroused. It's maybe watch. Well, let's watch a clip of it. I can't even remember what. Um, um, I'm googling it now. That's an early season. Oh, early it's season. Um, is it Asylum? You know who it is, don't you? This is so funny. You know the person that he goes and gets frisky with. Yeah, is um, it's only bloody Jenna Duran Tatum. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? I didn't even. Oh God, I need to rewatch that because that. Kind Kind of makes it even better. It totally oh. is. Um, it was asylum. They go, really they go. Oh my god! Scenario. They go to the. Be- they go yes. to the thing at the beginning. Yes, and he oh spits god. on his hands. He does. Little freak. That's great. But I was sort of into it at the same time. But every single time I think of Adam Levine, oh my I think god. of that. Do you? I just think of little so, Bobby Adam. I bet he does that in real life. I think about how much I um secretly like Maroon Five. Oh, you don't have to secretly like Maroon Five. Songs about James Bangers, great about bangers. He just any excuse to have sex in a music video though. He's a frisky man, isn't he? Maroon Five are, are yeah, a damn catchy. You know? Absolutely fine. So, yeah, I'm this this 5. is my favourite. We'll post a picture of this because I like okay, that's good. I, I would seriously get this. Yeah, and it's a bonus that it's on Adam Levine. My next one um is an example of someone who has tattoos that you wouldn't expect them to have, which is kind of the opposite of Zoe Kravitz. <laughs> um, Mark Jacobs tattoos. Oh, have the, you seen them? Yeah, the Simpsons. Holy and he's got South Park ones as well. Yeah. Do you know what the worst thing about this is, though, right? So, Mark Jacobs, um, he gets tattooed by this guy called Scott Campbell. Mm-hmm. Scott Campbell stuff's, like, yes. good. Yes. So, he must go to Scott Campbell each time and go, tattoo a SpongeBob on me. Hey, Scott Campbell, tattoo... you do some really cool stuff, but I was just really wondering if you could do a picture of me as a Simpsons character on and my And also the South Park version of himself. 
uh, SpongeBob. He's got bros before hoes on him. Oh, do you know who that's with, though? <sighs> oh, that's with someone, isn't it's it? It's Terry Richardson. Oh, oh, isn't that grim? <laughs> Sorry, I had to take a minute just to, like, swallow some vomit. That's disgusting, that. isn't it? Um, he's got a red M&M. Um, he's got a French porn magazine. Fine. Fine. Uh, he's also got a scene from Poltergeist tattooed on his back. It is so weird. Is he it's really? so weird. Let me find a picture of it. Yeah, the, see, the thing, like... I mean, firstly, that Spongebob one is... The so thing was, shit. right, if you think about... this green star. You think, if you think about, like, Mark Jacobs as a designer and everything like that... That's why it's funny. Legitimately good... He's a designer. Like, and Mark Jacobs has got tattoos he has, like that. He has, like, the tattoos of, like... A, an adolescent he, he could like he be should, a member of One Direction he looks like he should be in a shit pop punk band absolutely um, let me find this poltergeist tattoo there you go and it's in the centre of his like below his neck on why, his back why? he just really likes poltergeist is that supposed to be the girl's legs because yes. it looks like butt does it look like her, does it not look like Nicki Minaj style butt cheeks <laughs> she looks like she's wearing a thong like the little girl <laughs> so that I just find him really baffling because it's yeah here is like one of the world's biggest designers who's quite a handsome man and he's got these strangely adolescent tattoos I think it's, on him. That's, that's why I was so frustrated when I found out that so many of them have been done by Scott Campbell. Because mm-hmm. it's like, he does some like interesting mm-hmm. kind of like traditional, like yeah. cool stuff. And yet... Some people just willing to put their name to anything, aren't they? <sighs> it's just, just disgusting. Money, money, money. Rihanna. Yeah, go on. Rihanna has some trash. She's like 50 50, isn't she? She's like 50 50 good, 50 50 not. I I firmly believe that the reason that so many girls now have like sternum tattoos is because of that one. She's got ISIS. Yes. Lots of underboob tattoos. I mean, it's pretty cool, the ISIS one. Um, Her stuff isn't too bad. No, the guy who tattoos Ed Sheeran, what's his name? Kevin something shit i'm gonna rant about him in a bit i don't think i'd ever get um, tattooed by kevin paul kevin. no um he tattoos ed sheeran and he has tattooed harry styles um he likes to boast that he turned down covering up rihanna's shit hand tattoo because he didn't think it would work her stuff on but, her hands now isn't actually that yeah, bad she used to bad. have like loads of just lines and random bits and now it's like an actual like maori kind of yeah kind of stuff. i mean her stuff isn't too bad i just feel like like mainstream tattoos that like people seem to get are so influenced by celebrities so yeah. if you think about the fact that like when David Beckham first started yes, getting the tattooed angel tattoo. and then like so many men ended up getting like David Beckham mm-hmm. adjacent tattoos and I feel like Rihanna's sort of been responsible mm-hmm. and like Cheryl Cole is very much like yeah. that as well like the ones that she had like people then went and got like versions of and Rihanna is totally the same because I know that I've seen like some of the random bits that Rihanna yeah, has you've seen on had, other people I've seen on other people it's... Like, and it's and it's like that's too similar for it to like not be a be, direct yeah. like can you do this for me that Rihanna has had? No, I, don't, yeah. I don't think there's anything bad about that because I do think that a thing with, with tattoos is that like nothing really is original. No. It is quite strange when people go out of the way to directly copy like a celebrity's tattoo. Oh, though, completely. It is such a thing and I feel like it's not really a thing that we're that. I, I would mean, never do it. We'd have like similar images, like s- similar artwork styles or similar imagery. Yeah. But it wouldn't be like, I want to get David... Beckham's tattoo whereas no, I just really I'm... remember when I got tattooed once the tattoo was telling me about having like going through a stage like in the 90s of having to do the David Beckham angel tattoo oh, like at least once yeah. a week you know having to do like a particular celebrity tattoo like maybe it would be like something that fills yeah. his day yeah, yeah, in between completely. appointments he actually wants to do which is just crazy it that you'd strange, be like I it? want Rihanna's tattoos like with so many of hers as well they do seem like they're quite personal yeah and like influenced by things it's very her weird life. to have people who replicate and um, who else else is on your list um trace cyrus did you have fancy trace cyrus um i sort of think i did a little 
little bit, yeah, which is awful. You know when I was googling were first a thing, yeah, and they shake, did shake, shake it, shake, shake oh, it. God. Do you find it funny? Who was the other one in Metro Station? The chubby one. The chubby one with the bad emo hair. Bad emo. I, God, I can't remember his name. I feel, I genuinely feel like Metro Station is one of those bands that in the past I would not have admitted to listening to. Um, Trace Cyrus's tattoos. I only bring them up because I find it really interesting that someone could have the same tattoo on repeat so many times. Um, <laughs> so he appears to have um like Nashville and Tennessee tattooed on him about 5,000 times. He's on his knuckles, hasn't yeah. he? He's got California and then he's got Tennessee. Them so many times. He's got Nashville on his lower back. Oh my God, the fact that you know this. I googled it. This he's, is genuine. Oh, okay. googled it. He's got um in really big font on his back um southern made hollywood page. oh yeah that's it but he also has that on his face it's just like did you just run out of ideas like the thing with trace cyrus is he's literally covered imagine like getting norwich tattooed on you like six times Noz. um he also has um some sweet native american imagery on his head on his entire back he's um, got geronimo hasn't he like yeah the... i did google whether tracy cyrus has native american heritage he does not oh he doesn't as far Has as i can tell um i tried to find i couldn't find anything it doesn't appear on I the google it's... surface the first page of google because i'm not going any deeper let's be honest did you wiki it i don't i don't yeah it didn't say anything about natives it didn't say he was he was born in america there's no native american there's like no, like ancestry. no so for a man who he's has a lot to do with native american imagery on him um he's got sweet crucifix scene on his stomach um a nice marijuana leaf <laughs> Oh god! Um, oh, he's also got a skeleton head with a Native American headdress on as well. It's the Dude fact that very obsessed he's. With. So when I was a kid, when I was a young teen, I remember like my favorite band in the entire world was Blink One Eighty Two, right? Yeah. And Travis Barker, yeah, was like my, of course, the, the king of like, very heavily tattooed, very heavily tattooed. And uh, now, when I look at like pictures of like Travis Barker from like two thousand one, two thousand two, mm-hmm. and then I look at a picture of Trace Cyrus. Yeah. It's like, wow, I can't believe I thought that like that Travis Barker was heavily tattooed. Because Trey Cyrus is literally like... He's got like a small amount of his forehead He's left. got like a little bit of forehead and he's got like, he's got all down his sideburns and then onto the edge of his jaw. He's like literally like to his chin, yeah. neck. And it's all, and I think the thing is, it's all like really heavy. So it's not like it's it, all black and white shaded. Like. It's all like heavy. There's no like gappy. There's no, no clear skin at all. And I seamless I, imagery between Native American like cultural. I think I just forgotten into weed culture. Mm, yes, and Tennessee. I'm very. Um, it's it's a bit baffling, but it's um, so strange. I guess me. you can't. I feel like you probably can't mention like celebrity tattoo culture without mentioning him. Who he's only sort of half a celebrity anyway, but um, please come at me with the um, the <laughs> evidence of his Native American background, Trace. If you're so listening, that I can see it. Come at us. I've put Fred Durst down um, for one tattoo in particular. His giant significant other back tattoo that he's got. I like got. the brazenness of this. It is. It, it it reminds me of Ben Affleck's in terms of color. Um, it's very colorful. Um, safe to say. He regrets it. Um, so let me just show you it. There you go. Lovely, lovely, lovely significant other it's back so tattoo. It's so poorly done. It's kind of like they couldn't be bothered to actually fill in the colour properly on lots you of You know it. when you're a kid and you start colouring in and your pens run out? Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, I really need to finish this. Just keep using this faded so colour. Maybe if I keep going, the colour will come back. Run back. Yeah, it definitely Does looks like that. has got name next to it. Yes, I think that does say Fred Durst. One of my other favourite things about this is I, the article that I read about this um, was from 2012. Um, 
and it was talking about it's not even about the tattoo but um he was talking about um where Limp Biscuit were in 2012 how they are done how they are over how um <laughs> in 2000 there were 35 million people who connected to this band 12 years later lots of those people have moved on I happen to be one of those people when did we see Limp Biscuit? I want to say 2013-2014 I think it took him about six months to go you know what there's also a bit where he says he refuses to play Nookie anymore because he's fucking 41 years old we definitely heard him play I don't Nookie. want to be rude though but that's like one of your bangers so. right exactly um, I'd be also, like I'd, I'd be offended if we went to see Limp Biscuit and they did not play Nookie it's like exactly. problematic as fuck but says, also we don't play back home we're embarrassed i don't know i just don't want to play a song called nookie anymore he did not look embarrassed when we saw he him was, play when he anything, was groping his crotch and leering at us if anything he looked like he was quite pleased to be playing that song he so. did um far more pleased than we were um also in this article in which he announced that limp biscuit is over didn't last very long um he opened a paypal account and encouraged people who still remember who he is <laughs> to donate for laser tattoo removal of his back tattoo. You know he's directing a film with John Travolta in it. No, moment. I don't know that. Are you serious? <laughs> he's an all. I don't find Fred Durst hot. I really fancied him when I was, when I was a teenager. You're a bad, bad person. For like a good six months. Nope. It's fine. It was a simpler time. Yeah. Lady Gaga. Yes. Um, I love Lady Gaga so much. I love I can't her so much. Begin so she's to very. Criticize any of her she's tattoos. very like Rihanna in that some of them are good and some of them are not. She's very 50 50. She's yeah. got a David Bowie tattoo. Which is great. Is a good one. Yeah. It's a good one. She's got um her. I love. It's like proper cringe, but I love her born this way unicorn tattoo oh. that she's got. Yeah, it's fine. That's really Absolutely. cool. A hand, which I think is her hand, like on her rib cage, is pretty cool. I don't okay. know. She's just got some like nice like. Blue. And she's so great. We couldn't yeah. criticize. She's got like monster as well. Um, who else? Yours are so much better than mine because you've gone for like the actual trash ones. Um, Gucci Mane. I felt like I we couldn't face. have it. Yeah, I felt like we couldn't have like a discussion without quickly mentioning. Gucci I didn't Mane. even touch rappers. That could have been like a new Fuck, territory. That is a whole. We could do a whole. Well, other I've got Drake, thing. but apart from that. like Lil Wayne, like terrible, terrible. So many interesting tattoos to discuss. Um, Gucci Mane is interesting for his ice cream tattoo with the word "burr" on his Burr. face. Um, he was is worth saying again in the same vein as Sinead O'Connor that he was committed shortly before he, was, he had this he? tattoo because um, he was arrested for driving erratically and assaulting a man I think he pulled a man out of his car he did didn't so he? um but then he was committed rather than jailed um he got out he got an ice cream tattooed on his face um because why, why wouldn't you well, according to his spokesperson, the image is a reminder to fans of how he chooses to live his life, cool as ice, as in, I'm so icy, I'll make you say brr. So that's why he got it. I mean... Um, he then went to prison again, fine. Um, came out in 2016 and everyone thought that he'd got it lasered off. Turns out it was just the other cheek. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, imagine like... In a photo. Imagine just being like... Has he got it? Oh no, I've just... Oh my really, god, he got it lasered off. I've just really badly um, Instagrammed this and it's been flipped the wrong way. Um, so Gucci Mane does still have that ice cream tattoo. It's lovely and you'll never forget it. So we should always post a picture of it's it. It's so memorable. Um, on the rapper front then, I was I looked at, spent a lot of time looking at Drake's tattoos. Did you just do it as an excuse to look at Drake? I mean, probably. What a lovely boy. Um, his, some of his are like just not that good and some of them are like pretty. So he gets, I don't think I've ever spent a lot of time looking at Drake's he ha- tattoos. So he's got like... He's, he's quite heavily tattooed. Yeah, he? so he's, he's been tattooed... 
by um, um, Wu quite a lot and um, Inel, this guy called Inel Bersakov who tattoos in Toronto. The thing I discovered today is that um, Drake has not one but two Sade tattoos. Oh! He like literally has wow. a Sade piece. I didn't know that. There's like one picture of her where she's got her hair up in it looks like it's a towel but it might be some other material and then there's another one of her which oh. is like classic Sade and she yeah. looks, looks banging. It's pretty cool. But he That's also nice. has, and I didn't realise this, this is amazing, he also has a portrait of Lil Wayne okay. Denzel Washington in a Spike <gasps> Lee film. Oh my god. Specific. He also has a portrait of Aaliyah because oh. he loves Aaliyah. He's also got t- tattoos of his parents, his oh. uncle and his grandma. He's so lovely. And he's also so got like nerdy. so many like like Toronto specific tattoos. Right. And the thing he hasn't I, just had the word Toronto tattooed. No, he's over got it. like the CN Tower. The CN Tower that's in Toronto. Yeah. He has that on his arm. He has he had six. Right. Um and the praying hands emoji. But he got he got the praying hands emoji covered up by like an actual like old like gothic style praying hands. Which I thought was pretty funny. Um he Lovely also boy. he also of course has that um matching shark tattoo yes the matching Rihanna. shark which caused a lot of speculation oh lovely times shark, um, yeah. so yeah it's, I just mm. like that he's got so many portraits of like random people that's, yeah I'm into that I'm quite into a portrait but that's a risky tor- portraits are risky risky it's business. risky territory because they are difficult. you um, you they have to make sure it actually looks like the person I've only got one yeah but yours is a very good one, so it's fine. I think it's fine. I was looking for an opportunity to lay into how shit Ed Sheeran is, so <laughs> this is my time to shine. Um, one of the other things about um, researching Ed Sheeran's tattoos is I really love websites that are like a guide to so-and-so's tattoos. I had so many And then they attach some really lovely meanings to tattoos that are so not... What, that are like actual yeah. trash. It's like, I th- oh, often, you know, this, um, this thing represents like wisdom and good fortune. No, it doesn't. I often think about what someone would do to mine. If they did that, like this like, means this, and I'd be like, no, it's literally like just... the mouse she has is like <laughs> representative of I don't know reincarnation stuff like that, and you're like, that's the bollocks. rabbit she has yeah. is about no, it's just a rabbit, it's just bollocks. Um, and Sheeran's tattoos are like a horrible vomit rainbow. Um, I think that um, they're jo- awful. I think that Georgie used to do was send me pictures of um Ed Sheeran's tattoos because she knew how ups- how much they upset how me because the, they're so disgusting. Yeah, they are. They're very um that chest piece. Firstly, most of them are bad. <laughs> secondly he's he's doing that thing where he gets tattoos with like oh they all have meanings they represent things but i also wonder like why the fuck would you get that because it just it it doesn't examples include the lion on his chest right it's so awful is awful also one of the more sane examples of something he got he got that to mark his 2015 sellout wembley tour fine britain britain Four lines. Okay, fine. Um, he's got a weird shaped goat. <laughs> three lines. Three. <laughs> <laughs> you know that because the three lines plus a Sheeran's tattoo. Yeah. Three lines plus a Sheeran's tattoo. I don't even know if I want to cut that. We can leave that in. Um, he's got a weird shaped goat. Fine. He's got a lads on tour. Gross. 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 Um, he's got a teddy bear. Oh, because his childhood nickname was Teddy. He's got a lizard. Fine. He's got glasses to mark his first pair. So shit. He's got a fresh Prince of Bel-Air tattoo, like the big green letters, because he likes fresh prints. No. He's got snowflakes for his tour with Snow Patrol. He's got tomato ketchup because he likes tomato ketchup. Oh, the ketchup one's one. He's got a Lego man after visiting Lego land. Imagine if we got a tattoo every time we went somewhere, like a Morrison's tattoo because I went shopping in Morrison's. 
imagine if we've got a shit tattoo every time. Oh, Lord. He's got some classic jigsaw pieces, and there's an empty one for his future wife. Isn't he married now? He <laughs> filled that in. Um, the, thing I, all... the thing I think about, about Ed Sheeran is that imagine yourself in an unfortunate scenario with him in the bedroom. You'd have to look at them. They're so disgusting. disgusting. And the reasoning behind them, like, oh, my first player of glass, is just so shit. It's just like, why? Just... Like, I don't know, he probably got a gecko because he likes geckos. I just... <laughs> you got a Lego man because you went to Legoland. I don't... I understand sometimes... You know when like, you go on holiday and you get, like, a holiday tattoo? And I completely get that because yeah. it's like... You know, I've no, I know people that have been to like New York and have gotten like a New York based yes. tattoo and stuff. So that, that that makes perfect sense to me. But I just feel like, if, like you say, if That's I got like the equivalent of going to Butlins or if Alton I got, Towers, if I got a tattoo like any time I went anywhere, I got a tattoo of Nemesis because I went to Thorpe Park. <laughs> like, fuck, <laughs> they'd probably get you free entry. They probably would actually. But um, I just think he's shit. So that was my excuse to um lay proper, into him. Proper grotty. Have you got um, any other examples? I want to talk about Cheryl Cole's terrifying bum tattoo. Yes. It's terrifying. It is terrifying. That's cover up as well. That is cover so up. So Cheryl Cole used to have a, a what, what, she have? what is affectionately known as a tramp stamp. What? I don't like that. I mean that but... only requires a small cut. And I think it was like a tribal thing or maybe it was some like I hope it Chinese was like symbols it was, the poo. it was something that like you could totally laser off or yeah. cover up with something but it's small for it's cover small. up she got no joke and bearing one so it was at the, it was at the small of her back mm-hmm. she got on her lower back she got a rose that was open mm-hmm. and she got another rose yeah but that wasn't it no she then got Two roses yeah. on her butt. Yeah. Her actual butt. And it goes all the way down, which is like the most painful place to get. But it's not even... Food. I know... And we she got know, carried away. We know people that have got like full back pieces mm-hmm. that go from like the top of their shoulders down yeah. to the bottom of their ankles. Like they're yeah. full pieces, cohesive mm-hmm. like designs, anything like that. And that makes perfect sense that you would have to get your butt tattooed yeah. naturally as part of that yeah. and it works and everything. But for her... She it's got lit- quite carried away, didn't It literally... She? It goes up to like, I don't know, just like above... The of her back. S- like, just yeah. above the small of her back, I guess halfway down her back. Just and then it the goes down stamp. around, just goes beneath her butt cheek. So she, like... That is an example of someone who had general anaesthetic and was probably on morphine for about three weeks there's after no that. There's way no way she survived would, that without... There's no without... way that you would be able to do it without, like, excessive pain relief. Also, why? Yeah. I mean, and things... It's not like it's... It's, it's not, not badly it's done, It's not badly done. The guy that did it... Um... Like, it's not what we'd get, but it's not badly no, done. No, no, no. Like, he's... What, the guy that did it was random. one of the guys that was on um, Miami Inc. for a while. Oh, was Nikki Hitaru, maybe? Nicky something anyway it, like his stuff generally is like pretty mm. good and like it's it's a well executed tattoo but I remember the first time I saw it and I was like if that's what she got for cover up that's insane because like the tattoo on her lower back was just like black tiny. so she could have her other stuff's quite she probably could have well, had it but... lasered or had it covered up with something like maybe a bit more elaborate mm-hmm. or maybe bolder but imagine yikes. going in for a small cover up I mean fair play fair play for her where where that was like the decision that she that made is... go go on um, I cheated and put all of One Direction. Well, my last one, one is Harry, but I think Harry's got some good stuff. So do the trash members. And okay. Then... Niall gets <laughs> exempt from this because Niall's a sensible boy. Niall's a good who boy. Who hasn't had anything. Um, Liam Payne, pff, 
I mean, it's not worth mentioning really, apart from the fact that he's got those horrible four black chevrons, which but are he, hilarious. But he got them and he hates them. Yeah, he does hate them and he made his parents cry and stuff like that. Uh, do you remember when he had fake hand tattoos? Do you remember? Were that? they fake? I think he did go. Didn't he go through a phase of having some fake hand tattoos? But aren't they real though? Tattooed. Maybe he did. Was the lion a fake one? Was that real? I think it's real. Oh, I might have to go back and check that. He's got lots of lovely slogans. I love slogan tattoos because they're just out of context. These ones are really weird. So um, he's got somewhere is a place nobody knows. Uh, we are the quiet ones. Sure. I figured it out. Only time will tell. Sure. And everything I wanted, but nothing I'll ever need. And he also just got giant initials for himself on his hands. He's also the sort of person, and I think he does, have his own birthday on him. Like, is this like for when you have dementia and you forget? Like, you know, when you buy socks it's like that have left L-P. and right on? P, yeah. It's basically like that. Oh, okay. Like, because you don't know directions. That's a move. Stuff go like on, that. Go on to your um, next one. Um, Zane, I mean, Zane's got some all right stuff. Zane's also got some dog shit stuff. Um, I would stand by his glowing lightsaber tattoo. I would get that I didn't myself. know he had that until today, actually. I looked and uh, that came up when I was looking for stuff. I just like the haphazard way in which he's got like a mesh of different things. So he's got like a big checkered flag but that's they're like all really like garish. But then like this sort of lotus flower like melts into it in a completely different style. He's got some nice big guns because he's a bad man. Um, he's got some nice geometric tattoos, like some shapes, some squares and triangles fine he's got it's a pirate's life for me <laughs> do you think he was also a big fan of so <laughs> he's got some like graffiti bubble writing that says he loves chilling gra- with a, he a loves palm graffiti, tree though, so. fucking hell um he's got a bunch of numbers one six five six one six which all i think add up to his x factor audition numbers fine. that's quite sweet he's got an ugly zap tattoo in like a spiky there um, and a nice playing card with a crown and his. You initials. haven't mentioned the Gigi Hadid. One. Oh, also the Gigi. No, Hadid. not Gigi Hadid. Uh, the Perry. Perry. Ed, yeah, the Perry one. I'm really sorry, Perry. So yeah, I'm sorry I said that. Perry's my preferred. Um, I just like the completely random way in which he's adapt- adopted styles. I and think the thing is, which with, is very consistent across all. I of think one the direction. thing is with One Direction and their all of their collective tattoos, and I think I'm going to blame Ed Sheeran for this. They've random all got shit. like random stuff yeah. that like probably seem like a super funny idea at the, at time. the time it is like your exercise I mean, book go, go on to louis i mean louis is the quintessential like you get like it's not the fact that the tattoos are bad yeah because most of them are minute little things it's the fact that they all exist in a weird jumble together yeah. on his arm so on his forearm he's got amongst many other little things he's got like a compass paper plane a skateboarding stick man a camera a horseshoe a bomb a teacup oops like a Pac-Man, he's got tic-tac-toe. Like it's just all such random garbled shit in one. Like it is like the back of your exercise book at school. Yeah, you just like doodle stuff. Isn't it? He's got bus one because he and Zane have both got bus one as a tribute to their tour bus. Tour bus, I, think. I guess. Um, he's got the Rogue, which apparently was the first band he was ever in. He's also got it is what it is on his chest, which basically like just. It is what it itself, is. Really. Um, it's just a jumble of weird shit, which pretty much represents the rest of One Direction's tattoos as well, including Harold's. Okay, so I'm going to defend Harold. Go on. Not that it takes much. Do you know what? He hasn't got as many bad ones as I thought. Right, so that's the thing. When I, when I was thinking earlier about, like, oh, tattoos that I think are okay and, you know, celebrities question all life decisions, Harry's are awful, but yeah. in the grand scheme of, like, One Direction tattoos... 
um, One Direction members' tattoos, of course. Um, his aren't necessarily too bad. He has got like a whole bunch Some of, of them random right. the stuff. The mermaid's fine. But I really like the mermaid. I like the the butterfly. The butterfly. The swallows are fine. The swallows. I, I like the, the ferns on his hips. Yeah. The, oh, the ferns are like. I like the. Good. Um, what else have I got? Oh, he's got the eagle on his yeah. arm. I classic. Do, I like classic. I like the the sh- the ship he's got on his yeah, upper arm. The ship is good. He's got some like They're okay nice. stuff. So why are they interspersed with the Holy Bible? The Holy Bible's cover up. Yeah, I know, but why why is there a Holy Bible? What else is he's got some other um, random He's bits. got those theatre masks, you know, like a la Tom Hardy. Oh yeah. Why? You haven't even Oh I okay, know. Just... Um he's got Gemma in Hebrew. What is it with like people getting things in Hebrew is when they're not? Is Harry Styles Jewish? Question mark. <laughs> I don't know. Um, he's got a coat hanger. He's got high. Everyone needs a coat hanger. He's got Pingu. Why has he got Pingu? He's got a padlock. He's Do other people know 99p. I don't know. It sounds a bit rude if you don't know what Pingu is, I think. Yeah, so there's like a weird mix of like shit. And I was surprised by how many small ones I didn't realise he really had until I um. Yeah, I went closer into some topless I went on a website that literally had like an animated <gasps> Oh my God, the animated <laughs> website! Where it, and it shows you the ones that are cover-ups. Yeah. Like it flicks yeah, on yeah, and off that's and how goes, I need cover the, up. That's how I need the Bibles cover Fucking up. Fucking hell there's some random shit on there isn't there One Direction they're pretty I think as a group I do think that One Direction a testament to the fact that you shouldn't get really famous really quickly and then go on tour and then just have access to someone that will tattoo you willingly terrible idea I I for one would have many other bad tattoos if that was my oh yeah if no if, if, if money was no object I'd be covered maybe this is the problem is that having too much money means that you yes. just end up with shit don't think about it because yeah, I feel like when I'm potentially going to have to be forking out like hundreds of pounds you're investing you're like oh i maybe will consider my options here yes interesting go on um, i can see who number one is final so. one is tom hardy and um, obviously it was you have the tom floor hardy. to talk about this um tom hardy's tattoos are so stinkingly shit that it's embarrassing it's embarrassing um and i can't defend them in any way apart from they're attached to his body so fine um he freely admits that they're shit and he doesn't care so i also feel like that gives him a pass um to some of the ones that he's got um that are standout include uh his first tattoo at 15 which is a leprechaun which is now sort of a snot colored blob <laughs> surrounded by tribal it's very lovely um he's got till i die sw on him which is uh for his ex-wife sarah ward which hasn't been removed he's also got a giant dragon for her birth year fine he's got his agent's name lindy king fine He's got the lovely Union Jack on his That's chest. So disgusting. That one offends me oh so much. Oh my God. The tribal scorpion on his back. That's a good one. He's got a Buddha holding an AK-47. There's just no, like, no idea why. He's got the comedy and tragedy masks. That, those so ones. So bad. Those ones are so horrible. Oh. Um, one of his latest ones is a big arm tattoo that says Leo knows it all, which he got after losing a bet with Leonardo DiCaprio on whether Leo would get an Oscar nomination for his role in The Revenant. Oh, was it the other way around? Or did he get a bet whether... One of them betted... They had a bet and that yeah. was the thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Was that Tom would have um, to when he received a nod, DiCaprio got to design a tattoo for Hardy. Um, Hardy said he, he, DiCaprio, would never get a tattoo if he lost that bet. So it was just one way. Um, I'm covered in shit tattoos anyway, so it doesn't make any difference to me if I got a big old bold Leo right across my thigh or across my face. It's just that, isn't it? You... You bet a tattoo, you lose. That's just what happens. That's just Tom Hardy's like. And I bet you'd get a really shit tattoo. No. You sure? Yeah. 
No, you don't. I'm not getting. No. I mean, I could get. Steph, it's April what, knows it all. It's just what happens on Steph. me. It's just some highly says like I'm covered in shattoo, shit tattoos anyway, so it doesn't make any difference. He's very laid back about it. Um, we'll post a photo because well, I think the thing that I think about it, I do like the implication of being famous and especially being an actor where you're gonna have to get these all covered up for like roles and stuff. What yeah. a fucking nightmare. They're so shit. Be like, oh well, we're gonna be shooting at like five a.m. tomorrow, but like you're gonna have to come in at three a.m. because we've got to spend two hours covering up all your covering you in concealer garbage. Um, with the Kat Von D concealer. <laughs> um, I think his do rank as the worst. Um, and so one of the things stuff. I particularly enjoy is how angry it makes some people sometimes. When I say how attractive he is, um, people I know actually get angry because his tattoos are so bad as if I'm paying attention to them whatsoever. Yeah, I feel like... I'm not. It's pretty, You'd probably make an allowance It's testament to how strong my feelings are for him that mm. I would allow all of them. Yeah, you'd probably make an allowance for it. I would. There are Even some... the ones of his ex-wives. Because yeah, Charlotte but... will be his ex-wife by that point. Lord. That's my well... roundup. That's our roundup of trash. If you've got any other shit tattoos or tattoos, I just have such a morbid curiosity. I'm really glad that we talked about this because I just it gave me an excuse to just be like, why do a deep dive? And I'm sure people feel the same about me. Hey, if you know me and you think some of my tattoos are trash, get in touch. Yeah, Uh, get in touch. Let us know what you feel. Let us know which of mine Um, you think are horrible. It's just weird though. I do just, yeah, it's so interesting. Yeah. Especially when there's like such a high density of rubbish ones. I forgive her like I was under the age of 25 and got tattoos. Yeah, 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 that's fine. Everyone tattoos. Has that. But the ones where you're actually still getting them when you're like 40. Yeah, that's that's a lot. Yeah. I think we should t- like post a nice gallery of these. We will. We'll do like a proper roundup of, mm-hmm. of, of the... Um... <laughs> the delightful photos that we both have located. Yes. Um. So, obsession of the week slash. What is your current phone background? Um. What's your obsession of the week? Um. My obsession of the week isn't very interesting, but it is my obsession <laughs> of the week. Um. So yesterday was the anniversary of Prince's death. It's been two years. Um. And a couple of days before, they released uh, a a version of a Prince's version of Nothing Compares to You, um, which was originally written by Prince. Um. And. and Till now, we've only had live versions of it, and I've always wanted like a recorded studio version of it. So that was quite wonderful. Um, and there's also a really great video, like a compilation video that accompanies it, which just shows Prince like dancing around in like massively high heeled shoes for ages, just looking like an angel. Um, so that's sort of been my obsession of the week because I've been waiting for so long for it. So that's been marvelous. Um, my phone background. For shame. Is it just that I think it is? Is Anthony? <gasps> oh my god, you changed it! Is queer eye Anthony? Um, a revelation. I know. Well, I have. I've had Timothy as my phone background for quite a long time. In fact, from the previous episode, yeah. I had Timothy. So it needed changing up a bit. It'll probably go back to Timothy because I've been watching lots of videos of Timothy this week speaking in French, which has en been français. lovely. Um, yeah, I put Anthony as my background because Anthony's been coming up a lot on Instagram. I mean, we basically consistently share each other, like yeah. share with each other yeah. videos of Anthony yeah. just working out. Um, this is Anthony from Queer Eye, by the way. Um, he's just so attractive, and that jacket he wore, the George Michael jacket. Mm-hmm. Isn't it a jacket. He looks really good in a leather jacket with a white t-shirt, looks... which is what he's wearing in this phone background. He is a delight. Have you listened to the episode of Jonathan Van Ness's I haven't. Podcast? So I've listened to John. Obviously, I've listened to that podcast, but I haven't listened to the Anthony episode yet. I listened it's to an it... absolute fucking joy. I listened to it when I was on the train um, when we were away. I think it was during the leg from Cologne to Berlin on the way there, which was a deeply stressful journey um, just because... 
our train had been delayed, blah, blah. Anyway, it was a very calming, like... Was oh, it? This is, yeah, because I just couldn't listen to him read the phone book. He's delightful. Anthony's voice is gorge. He is, he is, he is gorge. What's your obsession of the week? Um, my obsession of the week and my phone background is Jack Antonoff. Oh, lovely. Hello, Jack. I just love Jack Antonoff With so much. Beard. We've talked many times about Jack Antonoff. Um, yes. But I've just, the weather's been really nice here this week. Um, it's bleachers weather. It's bleachers weather, as I like to call it. Um, and then I just spent a lot of time watching bleachers videos on YouTube. Um, I still need to listen to that unplugged thing. Oh, God, do it when I you're feeling it. emotionally stable. It's just so oh, nice. Okay. And then we went today. to see Love, Simon, and there's so much bleachers music. Then I was listening to the um, song that's from Love, Simon that he wrote with Harry Styles. Um, no. the, the music video for that is really cute. He's just adorable. Cute, I just cute. love him. I just Adorbs. love Jack Antonoff. Tom loves Jack Antonoff. We're a pro Jack Antonoff household. Yes. Um. So that's us done. Um. You can find us online, Twitter. We're at the Thirst, SoundCloud.com forward slash the Thirst Pod. You can subscribe and review us on iTunes by searching the Thirst. Instagram. We're at the Thirst Pod. Um. The Thirst Pod. And you can email us, of course, the Thirst Pod at gmail dot com. Uh, bye. Goodbye. Does it freak people out when you get visibly excited talking about serial killers? Do you want to learn how to draw eyeliner wings sharp enough to kill a man? Fame and Misfortune is a celebrity true crime podcast hosted by Aaron and Stephanie, two quirky makeup artists who bonded over their love of makeup and Manson. Each episode is a pleasant blend of famous murder and the occasional beauty tip. It's the podcast full of crime, glam, and social anxiety you didn't know you needed. Tune in for new episodes every Monday and Thursday on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you listen. 